All right, we are live. Welcome to Myth Vision Podcast. Uh, today we're going to do a call-in show. So hopefully we can get some callers that are respectful, that can come on and kind of, I guess you'd say, challenge or question Abdullah Samir and his uh, his thinking when it comes to the Quran, when it comes to the faith of Islam, and all the above. So with that being said, I may try to pin the comment down there in the chat for everybody who's watching Um I only want Muslim callers and no one else uh, because this is specifically that show. If you have a question, super chat your question and we will address it. But um, I try to create a platform for interfaith dialogue between both sides. And that is something that we do here at Myth Vision occasionally to show that we're all human. We're all trying to figure things out. And of course, one side thinks the other side's wrong. And the other side thinks that the other side's wrong. So how do we do that without, you know, pitchforks and uh, torches and bullets and all the above? Well, you got YouTube and um, trying to keep it from being too much more. Here's our intro before we get started. Now, if you're wondering you were eyewitnesses of that. Like that actually happened. I literally just split the moon in half and therefore, you know, it's true. Um, welcome to myth vision. My, uh, friendly ex Muslim Abdullah Samir. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Hey, pleasure to be here. Happy new year. Happy new year's to you, brother. How's uh, how's the new year treating you? It's been two days so far. Nothing, nothing, no catastrophes just yet. I hope. No, I'm shocked. It's the weather's the way it is, though. It's like 73, and I was checking my mail in my boxers last night. I walked out <laughs> to go get my mail, and I'm like, "What the heck? I don't have to put any clothes on. I'm good to go." Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really nice down here in North Carolina. I want everybody to know right now. Go. Subscribe to Friendly Ex-Muslim on YouTube or AbdullahSamir.com. You can find other ways of supporting and joining and checking him out. He has a Patreon and stuff. He told me not to plug it, but I literally just disrespected him and did it anyway. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, if you like what you hear and you want someone who's a humanist, who's who's more progressive in their thinking, he is someone like that as well. And, of course, he was very devout in his own faith, as I was as a Christian, except he was a Muslim. So, uh, I have him on. We have a lot in common when it comes to these things. Consider joining his YouTube channel, subscribing, harassing him there and all the above. You're more than welcome to do so. And I have the Patreon, tons of stuff. Go check us out. Hundreds of videos. I'm constantly doing material and much more will be coming here in 2022. Don't miss out on that. Now, back to you and me. <laughs> um, what's new? What's going on new with you before we get any callers in? What's been going on? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for sharing and plugging the channel. I do appreciate it. I am working hard on the channel, so I do appreciate when, you know, it gets visibility. So that's that's amazing. Um, what's new for me? Um, I think I'm I'm trying to focus and get more time on the channel. Obviously, I told you privately that I have a new job. So new job is, you know, obviously the bread and butter of my life is how I keep the bills, the lights on. And that also has to be taken care of as well as the activism. So, you know, juggling lots of balls here. And so that's that's always a bit of a challenge. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm working on um, looking for new ways to to present the material that needs to be presented for a lot of what I'm doing now, I would say is 
focusing on the epileptic prophet and trying to get some clips out of that because there was a lot of gold in that series and it needs more visibility so that's kind of my focus at the moment well you're working hard at it while working a full-time job so I'm, I'm proud of you on that it's not easy to do what you do while doing all the other work so yeah and i do this full time and i'm telling you it's a pain it's mm -hmm. a lot of work i do everything myself you know the thumbnails the titles the you name it and i do it so um i hope we get some callers today the, the goal is to get some callers in today to you know you kind of want people to click the dang video so you're like all right how can we get people to challenge people like a challenge but uh more often than not the thinking behind why you're not a Muslim anymore and what caused you to go off. And is Islam true? All of these questions. So Muslims who believe Islam is true, uh, people who are devout and they think they have answers and they can do that. Look, I pinned the link to call in at the top of the messages or in the chat. So I'm going to go ahead and comment it again. And I ask everyone to be respectful. I'll probably give like a two to three minute window if the conversation, I'm going to leave this up to you, right? So you're my guest. If the conversation is going south or it's dry and it's just not getting anywhere, let me know. Okay. Did I freeze or did Derek freeze? Nope. One of us froze. I don't know if it's me or Derek. Are you guys uh, still hearing me okay? Uh, I'm, okay, am I still live? Oh, I'm still live. Yeah. Okay, I took over the channel. <laughs> hey, guys. Okay, there we go. Okay, right. I don't know what happened. Yeah. All right. Um, what I was saying is I'm going to put this in the chat. And I mean, I want to limit the time because some people are repeats that come all the time and things like that. And I don't want to really go into the repeat of the same old discussions. I'm hoping we can get new callers in from what we usually do. But... We'll take things as we go. And uh, Apostate Prophet said, you are juggling lots of balls. That sounds sus, just saying. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Stops Gaming Man. Thank you for the super chat. He says, Islamic apologetics is very reliant on the free will argument to justify hell. Yet, for instance, in Surah 10, Moses prays for Pharaoh and his followers to have their hearts hardened and God obliges. Do you have a comment on this you'd like to make? Thank yeah, you for the super chat. Let's talk about that. So I I did research free will after leaving Islam, and I am convinced that the way the brain works is the brain operates on chemicals. The brain is a physical object, and the phys it's a physical object that has to obey the laws of physics. And we know the laws of physics are deterministic. Therefore, there is no free will. How could there be something outside of the laws of physics that you know, allows someone to have some sort of sentience. Free will is an illusion. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have like a working model of free will. It doesn't mean that like I don't feel like I have free. Free will is a useful model in the sense that, you know, when I'm going to do something, I, I feel like I have a choice. And for all intents and purposes, from my perspective, I do have a choice. However, the choice that I make is heavily influence and i believe there is actually no choice but it's it's anyone can understand that our choices are limited and influenced by ex external reality for example we all have sexual desires 
some people don't. They're asexual. They, they never chose that. Some people are homosexual. Some people are heterosexual. Most people are heterosexual. We never chose that for ourselves. I never chose to be attracted to women. It just is the way I am. That's one example. We can take this thinking further. And if you look into it, it truly, philosophically, and also, like I said, like from science, I don't believe it's possible for us to have free will. So if that's the case, then from just from the argument of science, hell makes no sense because now you have a God that gave us the, gene, the genes that influence us in a certain way. For example, some kids are very prone to being like emotional and, you know, the, the colicky baby, they're known as colicky babies. I have five kids myself and I can tell you each kid is very different. One of my kids is very soft and, you know, very easy to get along with and listens. You tell him something. No, he doesn't do it. My other son, we put a lock on the fridge because he would open the fridge, take things from the fridge. He even he even put a chair and he managed to open the lock like he's defiant. Like he's like, he'll do <laughs> He'll do the opposite of what you tell him. And that's just his like instinct. That's just and as a child, too, like we haven't you would know for sure just by seeing these two kids. They look similar, but they're totally different personalities. And that's the genetics. They were both raised the same way, yet they mm -hmm. ended up totally different. When you look at even, for example, twins that are separated, identical twins that are separated at birth and end up in different families, you'll see that studies have shown that the twins that are in different families raised by different adults or parents are more similar to each other than their like, siblings that they were adopted with, meaning they're like, adopted siblings or they're like, step-siblings. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting that, you know, and I, so I'm convinced, I'm convinced that it's the genetics plus the environment is what leads us to do what we do. So that means that hell is nonsensical because God is the one that gave me the inclinations that I have. And every single decision I made in my life, I would make the exact same decision all over again if you put me back in that situation because I did the best I could with the information that I had and the skills and the experiences, right? So just to touch up on this, and we got a few people down in the chat. Um so stops gaming man once again thank you he said in surah 10 moses prays for pharaoh and his followers to have their hearts hardened and god obliges now we know that's in the hebrew bible we understand even paul in the new testament's using this but uh it's it seems to be a clear statement he's suggesting that moses is asking god to harden their hearts and of course god is doing so the point is you know can someone blame you if this were if we were to hypothesize that the worldview is true that Islam is true and God is in control. Can people blame you for why you are the way you are, what you believe the way you do? Wouldn't that be God doing? Or is are they going to bring in the free will argument to try and say, no, 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 you did, you chose this. So when you come before Allah one day, he's going to look at you and go, well, I, you know, I gave you everything and you, you had the option. Like you really could have done this. Is that a modern idea or you know what I mean? Like how, so, how do you do that? You know, when when you get into so there's two different things with the free will argument. There's a free will argument from science, which is what I just presented. Right. Then there's the theology. Right. That's the what theology, I was thinking. Yeah. The question was more about theology. So I kind of sidetracked on the science. The the problem with the theology is that it's it's contradictory. On one hand, we have free will. On the other hand, Allah's decree, his qadr. And this is one of the most confusing topics in Islam. Qada. And Qadr, Allah, like Black Angel said, predestined everything. You know, the Hadith says the pen wrote down everything. 
from the beginning of time until the day of judgment. Everything's been written down, predestined, pre-decreed. Yet on the other hand, supposedly we have free will. So this actually is very confusing. And there's been many sects Islamically that split up on this issue. There's the Jabaliyites, I think, and the Qadarites. And there's like, I don't even really know the details, the history there. But I do know there was multiple sects. And they all interpreted this thing differently. Some people said that the free will is basically just the intention. But the actual actions are created by God. Other people said that we have complete free will. Other people said that it's it's so it's so contradictory and confusing because how can you have free will and also everything is decreed? It doesn't make any sense, either mm -hmm. one or the other. So somehow in Islamic theology, yes, we have free will, yet also it's qadr. So now when God, you know, when Allah says in the Quran, you know, he he guides whom he wills and he misguides whom he wills, he honors whom he wills and he debases. You mantasha He honors and he dishonors people. Like, how is that my fault then if I'm misguided? I asked this question to a scholar once when I was Muslim. I said, like, what does that even mean if God misguides me? So how is that my fault? Mm -hmm. He's like, it means that God makes bad deeds easy for you and makes good deeds hard for you or vice versa. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I, can you make sense out of this? But yeah, his question makes sense. If God is the one that accepted, you know, Moses' prayer, Oh, even if you look at apostasy law, doesn't apostasy law take out the free will there? Like you're, you're saying in one hand, the Quran says, you know, you can believe or disbelieve in Surah Kafirun. To you, this is one of the most quoted religions. To you, your religion. To me, my religion. So Surah Kafirun says you can disbelieve if you want. That's how Muslims interpret it. Most common Muslims. However, at the same time, you kill people for leaving the religion. Quranists will say, no, you don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. But... If you're Sunni and you believe in this law that can theoretically exist in an Islamic state, then how is this free will? Because you're taking away people's right. And by the way, I know ex-Muslims. I know people that leave Islam and they come back to Islam. So those people would be dead now. And supposedly they'd be in hell too because they were killed on disbelief. So you've, you've basically taken away the free will. It's such a contradictory mess because... What's the purpose of the test in life if God is the one that's like, you know, kind of manipulating people? And, you know, when I'm asking God to guide my father, like I used to, because he was in the wrong sect, am I manipulating his free will? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I was watching, um, you know, The Witcher, and he cast a spell on this, this woman that he loved so that she'll love him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's why I love you? Because you cast a spell on me? Like, I hate your guts, right? Like, it didn't work. But like, if that's that's not real love then if if god is making you love him because someone pray like it's just a mess right like how well, do you make sense of this and this is where i come from and then i want to bring one of our callers on and then go from there but the reason why i i come from the christian worldview right but when i left my entire like scholarship stuff that i've delved in is hebrew bible ancient near eastern christian which is at least 700 years, right, before Islam comes on the scene, or six, 700 years, approximately. Um, so I hear these in these texts that we have that are far older than what we see in Islam, and I, and I start to see these same issues with Paul in the New Testament, the Hebrew Bible, and things like that, and I'm like, hmm. Um, it's almost like what, what gets me a little bit confounded, and then I want to bring our caller on, is like I'm sitting here listening to them look at me, 
I get comments all the time from Muslims, you idiot. Like you don't even know what you're talking about. You like, and I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this throughout all the literature that I have. This looks no different, but yours is right. And everyone else that I've looked at previous is somehow, you know, uh, either they got it wrong, it was abused, or, or they might say, you know, there was a uh, text that was accurate. We have no evidence of that was uh, mishandled by Jews and Christians and things like that. And I'm like, this is the same arguments I'm seeing within the Bible. So anyway, it's like, I don't think they know that I, that I've already seen this stuff. And, and I've dealt with this for years. I debated the predestination stuff as a Christian, became a Calvinist, was convinced the Bible teaches, at least in certain places, God predetermined, et cetera, et cetera. Romans nine, according to his own will, et cetera. So, all right. Let's bring on our first caller. Before you, before you, one more last thing. Yeah. This is the same argument used against people that are ex-Ahmadis or ex-Shias. They say you are the wrong type of Muslim, but they don't realize it's the same foundation, the same issues. Okay, that's all I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, So I'll that's spread us out like this, and I'll bring on one caller at a time. I'm going to have a timer here, and then um, we'll go from there. So no more than – what do you think is a fair number of, of time – Let's let's play it by ear. I don't know. You you I've I haven't done this on your channel before, so yeah, I've done it with a few other people and it turned out successful. So if it is uh, a successful day, let's keep doing these things. So please, callers, be respectful. And with the first one, we do have the perfect dawa, and I am gonna make sure that we limit the time here. So be mindful when I bring you on that we want dialogue and not just a one-way street three-minute rant and then like 20 seconds from the other person. So let's have a friendly conversation. All right, five minutes. Welcome the perfect dawah to Myth Vision. Yeah, hello. Thank you. <clears throat> Do you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I just would like to say that uh, uh, I'm so sorry that um, uh, Abdullah, you <clears throat> blocked me just because I wanted to. Uh, I asked you, let's have a dialogue. You said that, oh, you are the, the reformist one. I don't want to talk to you. As if as you just talk to extremists and you block me for that, that that was uh, like those extremist Muslim who blocked me, uh, you blocked me just for that. You know, that was uh, uh, quite wrong. And um, I wanted to say as well uh, that, uh, you know, predestiny uh, is uh, absolutely, uh, as a Muslim, I don't believe in that. I have the free will. So uh, you have misunderstood that the Qadr or Qadar, you know. So this is uh, um, it's a long, um, discussion and uh, I want to uh, choose the opportunity here and say that the uh, apostate prophet I'm looking for you for another debate with you and I know that you run away from me but uh, don't say anywhere that Muslim don't want to debate you just four minutes yes just uh, I need to debate with you and you know that this time is uh, different those two times I was just having friendly dialogue with you. But this time I'm going to debate you and you made a great mistake, okay? So uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, I don't believe that, um, you know, I was myself ex-ex-Muslim, yeah. <clears throat> and um, I, don't, I didn't know much about Islam until um, I uh, grew older and then I learned more. So many people said uh, I'm an ex-Muslim. I don't believe that uh, they are ex-Muslim because by being born to a Muslim family, you are not a Muslim, as I wasn't a Muslim. Yes. All right, if, three minutes left. If you'd like to respond, Abdullah. Yes, I would. Um, first of all, um, so I find it very petty when people 
come on channels like this begging for conversations, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put out there, like, everyone has a right to choose who they want to talk to. Everyone has a right to choose how to use their time. Apostate Prophet was kind enough to have you on his channel. He gave you a full, I don't know, two-hour conversation with you. Um, and that was his choice. And for you to come and, you know, after he showed you that kindness to bring you on his channel and was respectful to you, to you to come on Derek's channel and to say you're a coward and you're running away from me, like, that just looks cheap, man. That's just petty. Okay. Like, the personal issues about me blocking you, I have the right to choose who I want to talk to. And I didn't want to talk to you because... You've been asking me for many years, let's talk, let's talk, but I'm not interested in conversing with people like you because my goal is to, I talk to people that believe the same way that I believe. What They believe what I believed, meaning they were Orthodox Sunni Muslims. I don't even talk about Ismailism. Like I did that once on a Apostate Prophet's channel and that was fun. That was great. That was like going to my childhood, but I don't know the theology of Ismailism, so I don't talk about it. The same way your theology, which you believe in, is very particular to you. That's totally up to you. Like that's your thing. And I don't have anything to say to you. I don't have anything to say to Quranists, reformists or whatever. I support the reform of Islam, of course, but I'm just not interested. So that's my right. Regarding the free will versus destiny, again, you can pick and choose things to make it to believe what you want to believe because again my opinion my belief is that the, the quran and the sunnah are contradictory because they're man-made and so you can come up with many different conclusions which is why we see the existence of different sects in islam that believed different things about free will they all disagreed on this fundamental thing and when you ask scholars about it they will say things like don't think about it too much because it'll it'll mess up your faith this is what is taught to muslim muslim students or people that are asking questions about Qadr and Qadr, just don't worry about it. Just do yourself and just be Muslim, but don't think about this because it'll confuse you. And in my opinion, it confuses you because it's contradictory. So yeah, like I'm not interested in talking to you. I'm especially not interested in talking to you when you come on someone else's show and say, oh, you're running away from me. Like, no thanks, but I'm happy to talk to you now since you're here. And I hope I covered your points that you were bringing up that's all i would like I, I would like to respond very fast yeah i'll give you a minute to respond and then we're going to move to the other callers yeah in that case even uh, opposite prophet doesn't have the right to you know uh, say i i pay you 500 dollars alidaba to uh, you know debate me you know he's trying to bring alidaba and other people you know and he uh, i said it here because he doesn't allow me uh, to to say it you know on his channel otherwise uh, and then i have to, to uh, the right to talk to you because you just say everywhere that Islam says kill apostates. No, that's that's a big lie from you and ISIS, okay? And you don't know that ISIS and you spread extremism, okay? You say, if I don't kill you, I look at your face, you know? You say, if I don't kill you, I'm not a good Muslim. So you teach me to go and kill you. You teach me to go and beat my wife. You know, that's, that's absolutely wrong. So, okay. I, I see that you are not a serious person, even you are not really terrible, actually. Yes. I so don't say that. I yes. do not say you that. Say, you say that Islam says okay. go and kill. I'll let you finish. Yeah. So, you finish. so five seconds and then I'm letting you go. Hey, look, I got to say this. We're letting you go. Perfect. Dawah. Keep believing the way you do. Because honestly, 
it's a nice, pretty uh, view of faith, and I hope you continue to do that. Thank you for calling in, my friend. I just want to say that they, they I, I, also they also spread this uh, you know extremist uh, idea that a good Muslim has to go and kill apostates. A good Muslim has to uh, beat his wife. They are lying like those scholars all that that lie. Okay. You know. Well, thank you, Perfect Dawah. Right, I appreciate you. you. Thank you. Have bye a good bye. one. Okay, uh, go ahead and respond, and we'll bring on the next caller. Yeah, I want to, um, if I can just quickly do something. Do, 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 do. Sorry, one second. You're fine. <sighs> okay, so what I want to show you is I'm going to, well, first of all, he, what he first thing he said was completely wrong. So let's just clarify that right here. I am uh, equally against, as he is against, people that say a good Muslim beats his wife. I don't say that. I don't say an ideal Muslim is ISIS. If you've been following any of my content, you know I don't believe in true Islam. I don't believe there's any such thing as true Islam. I've always said, and this is one of my most, like, this is one of the things I emphasize more than anything else. Islam is a man, is basically the, the manifestation of a believer's interpretation and his following of the scholars, which are interpreting the religious texts. Islam is not what you find in a book on a shelf. I don't believe that. I believe Islam is a manifestation of a believer's, like, basically attempt at trying to connect to the divine through religious experience, through the interpretation of these holy books. So I don't believe that there is such a thing as a good Muslim is a, only a Muslim that beats his wife. Many Muslims would not say, I mean, the Quran says, yes, you can beat your wife. And yes, this is a very bad thing under any circumstance. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you have to do that. And that's not like a requirement of faith. You have to beat your wife. This is an option given to Muslims. I'm not apologizing or excusing it. What I'm saying is that it's not as simplistic as he's trying to say. And when he's trying to say, I've actually had debates with people about ISIS or true Muslims. I usually find that people that say this, they are trying to make Muslims look like the worst of the 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 um the group so basically in every group you have bad people you have extremists you have fundamentalists isis are like the worst of the muslim community they are the absolute scum and muslims themselves hate isis they're like whatever one percent less than one percent of the muslim population again extremism is still a very bad thing even if it's one percent but it is a minority so for someone to come and say the perfect muslim is isis you're basically becoming a theologian you're doing theology and you're saying ISIS's interpretation of Islam is correct. And by the way, Khalil Andani actually had a good conversation with me about this. So if you talk, when you talk to him, bring up this point about ISIS being true Muslims, because I'm completely against it. Me and like Haris Sultan and I had a big debate about this way, way long ago. He used to say this, but then he agreed now that no, this is not correct to say this because again, ISIS is one interpretation. There are other interpretations which are not ISIS. The majority are not ISIS interpretations. So how could, why would I say that? To, for him to say that I'm saying that means he doesn't doesn't know my content, right? Now, one more thing I want to show quickly, and then we can get to the next caller. When he said that I'm lying, can you share my screen, please? When he's saying that I'm lying about Islam saying this, how about we first of all look at the list of people that was killed? And this I wrote this article years ago. The list is probably 50 pages now if I, if I finish the list. Forget that. Let's say these are all bad Muslims that killed these ex-Muslims. Let's continue. There are a multiplicity of hadith that not just like all of these hadiths say that you should kill apostates then you have not just the hadith you have scholarly interpretations hanafi maliki shafi and hanbali as well as shia schools 
that agree that apostates should be killed. Then you have modern scholars that say that apostate is being killed. Again, with modern scholars, you'll find some that say the opposite too. Excuse me. And it's important to note that some scholars such as Hamza Yusuf would say you should not kill apostates because we don't want hudud law, meaning capital punishment. We don't want it to come back. We don't need it. It's To him, it's not an integral, integral part of Islam. To Islamists, it's a very important part of Islam. To Pakistanis, most Pakistani Muslims, they believe in the, you know these things. Right? Um, so, And then, of course, we have a list of actual executions done during the life of prophet okay there's there's a bunch right there and then of course i did include people against it as well just to be fair but like come on like how can you call me a liar like this is i'm not making this up you might not agree with the interpretation of these hadith that literally says that muhammad killed these people you may not agree with these scholars that's fine but i'm you can't call me a liar what you are doing by actually calling me a liar is you are strawmanning the religion and saying that it's only what I believe. You are doing the same thing that ISIS does. Sorry to say on the other side. ISIS says one thing, you're saying another thing. Both of you claim you're the only ones that are right. At least I'm being fair and showing the, the evidence for what it is. And you can decide for yourself if I got it wrong. I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think all, you know, all these dead people did either because obviously they were killed because of the religious teachings. Ask anyone that, 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 that wants to implement blasphemy law why they're doing it. They're not doing it because it was a British law. They're not doing it because they... It's because of the religion. That's the only reason why you would kill a blasphemer because they go against your religious teachings, right? They're, they're saying something that's forbidden. So anyways, yeah, like... You know, th those are fighting words, so I had to respond with equal enthusiasm, but yeah. 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 Okay. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Ultra real quick for the super chat. Hey, uh, Myth Vision Podcast, when you see this, can you shout out G Block? Don't know who G Block is. Uh, Godless Block, he means. Godless Block? Who's that? Yeah. That's, I guess that's us. <laughs> oh, I, I have I no, know. yeah, I have no clue. Thanks for the super chat. All right, so we're going to get to our next caller here in just a second. The G in G block stands for godless. Okay, got it. You see, see, you're ahead of me, man. You're way ahead of me. You see, uh, he's come, he's come on my channel before. Ultra. Okay, okay, awesome. Well, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate the, the support and all of that. Um, for Muslims, if you want to call in, we have a couple callers. I'm going to go ahead and pull the next one on. Here it is in the chat. Only if you are a Muslim. I don't want anyone else. This is a call-in show specifically for that to talk with Abdullah Samir. So I'm changing the time from five to three minutes. If it's interesting and you, Abdullah, think that this should uh, continue, let me know because five minutes was a bit long. Please try to make it conversative. Let's get directly into the conversation. And with that being said, welcome to the chat, Victor. How are you, my friend? Hey, Victor, you're on the air, man. Can you hear me uh, clearly or no? Yes. It's delayed, though. You should maybe turn off your camera. Can you hear me, though? Yeah, you might want to turn your camera off so, that, so uh, that it doesn't break up. Oh, I was just doing a shout out. I, I was just well, doing a. Hello? Well, thank you. I, hey, I appreciate the shout out, man. All right, it's breaking up. And um, Victor, if you hear me, man, uh, I wanted Muslims who are going to come on and talk with uh, Abdullah Samir. So, so thanks for the shout out. Appreciate that. And uh, you can private message me in the chat here. 
All right, our next caller is Kush. Welcome to Myth Vision, my friend. Yes. Um. How y'all doing? Hey. How you doing today? Good. Are you? Yes. Muslim? Um. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm awesome. a. I'm, I'm. But I got a comment and some, and I got a question for Myth Vision and and the guy over there. Yes, sir. Um. Now you brought Bart Ehrman on your show, am I right? Mm-hmm. Now Bart Ehrman, he tries to say that the crucifixion of Jesus actually he he actually believes it, right? Right. Well, the people he referenced, like Josephus and everything, was Josephus at the crucifixion? How does he know? Like people back then said all kind of crazy things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how so how can you just honest? How can Bart Ehrman honestly say that happened if he wasn't there? It's a good like, question. No, this is a good question. Let me ask you one back. All right. It, let's grant that Bart Ehrman may be wrong about this. Let's say mythicist could be right or someone else might be right or something my question back would be why would you trust something 700 years later about jesus what makes you convinced that that has the actual truth about jesus you see what i'm saying the same kind of question you would have like someone that close to the event if they if they say that let's just say the the idea of jesus being crucified and the testimony testimonium flavianum uh, let's say there's partially that's partially true or grant that a guy was actually crucified and you're saying, I don't know. I can't really trust that. Why go 700 years into the future and say this book knows the truth about Jesus? OK, I, I was going to say this. You ever heard of the guy named Stellius? He was in the second century. He wrote a book called Against the Christian. You talking about Celsus? Yeah, Celsius. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, uh, it's either way. Celsius, Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And a guy wrote a book. Um, we have his excerpts. Mm-hmm. His um, and one of his excerpts, he said, "This man Jesus died in the way of these other mythical gods." Right. So that's letting you know that the the, the story right there about Jesus dying on it's a pagan story about him dying on the cross. So I'm, so. I, so real quick, Celsus, um, Celsus isn't doing that. Justin Martyr is, is one of the early Christian apologists who's trying to compare it to the pagan world to try and get pagans to convert to Christianity by saying, well, look, the, we believe in him like you do your Apollo and all these other gods. But um, Celsus isn't making that. Celsus is actually talking about an actual guy he's claiming who was born even of a, a, a Roman soldier sleeping no, 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 with Mary and stuff like that. You know what no, I mean? No, no, I was going to say with Celsus, no, he in his book, he did say the guy you follow named Jesus was killed. Like he lists these other um Greek gods at the mm-hmm. time. He said it's just like that. So what I'm trying to say is um, if you study ancient paganism, ancient religions, all the people in and Native Americans and their king, they their leaders would die. So I'm saying it's a pagan story. So the Quran makes more sense to me. That's what I'm saying. To me, oh, that that do you book- have a question for Abdullah? Because I don't. He's the guest today, and in particular, uh-huh. I, I'm I'm trying to make sure that uh, we can get him discussed because these can be brought up anytime. I'm, for me, I'll just end on this, and then I'd like to know if you have anything for Abdullah. I would be cautious on taking anything 700 years later or 600 and something years later as having accurate information when we have stuff right out the gate uh, by the followers who believed in this, everybody's got all sorts of ideas about Jesus. The last thing I would do is believe something 600 years or more, you know what I mean, later, to try and tell me this is factual. That's my opinion. But do you have anything for Abdullah? Yes. I would like to know his opinion on the um, crucifixion. And, and 
I, I just don't I just don't buy the crucifixion story. I don't I don't trust Bart Ehrman, but I'd like to know what he thinks about it. Is it real or false or how does he see it? Or fictitious? Um what do I think about the crucifixion? I would defer to academics on this topic. I don't think we have any reason to doubt it. So I would just I would say it happened. What the Islamic narrative is kind of weird. It says that a, cruci a crucifixion happened, but it wasn't a crucifixion of Jesus. So Allah tricked people into seeing Jesus being crucified. If you ask me, it appears that this story is a very much post hoc rationalization and a way to fit the theology of Islam to be compatible with Christianity by, by denying the fact that Jesus was crucified. Because but if it looked like Jesus was crucified on the cross... And people saw that and Allah says, oh, I made it look like him. What would be the point of tricking people like that to think that? Why would you do that? And because of that, people worship Jesus. So Allah basically is responsible for Christianity, according to this logic. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I was going to say, like we're talking about, Flav and Josephus talk about Jesus. What They say some of that was a forgery of what he said. Some about, I think he said, was born of a virgin. They say that stuff is, who's to say what them people... In the first century, that stuff could be for. I don't trust. I don't trust the Vatican, and I don't. And I don't trust um a lot of this early stuff um criticizing Christianity. They burnt up. So how can you trust any of of the the Christian sources? I didn't appeal to any Christian sources here either, but I I don't really get what your question is. Are you saying I'm claiming that? Anyways, this is. I think this is beyond my pay grade to talk about. The history of the crucifixion. Um, that's not what I talk about. It. I think yeah. what Abdullah said, and we'll end on this note, is what I thought was interesting is how you're saying that the Quran itself is saying that Allah made it look like Jesus got crucified. Kush would agree with that. Yes, I'm a Muslim. I believe that. Uh, but what Abdullah is saying has a much, uh, much deeper implication than I think you're realizing. And what that is, is Allah is tricking all of these people into believing in Christianity, which for now, I don't think it's going to remain that way, but for now is the number one most, you know, more people believe in that than any religion in the world. And Allah actually created that by tricking people into believing in this religion uh, by believing he was crucified. And then, of course, I would suspect more, whatever they actually come to believe, the crucifixion, the resurrection, all of that is Allah kind of misguiding people to believe in those things. And that's what Abdullah is trying to say. He created this religion in a sense, even if you're not a determinist, let's say you're trying to fight free will. The, the Quran clearly says he's tricking people into believing that he was crucified. Now, why would he do that? And then 700 years later, give people the truth. Like, why didn't he tell people 300 years or 200 years or, you know, give these ideas? Why didn't he clearly make this message clear, but waited 700 years later to do so? All, all, all I'm gonna say, man, is um, I think Christianity is pagan, and um, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling, my friend. I appreciate it. I all say right. that Islam is um, equally, if not more, pagan. If you believe that, I all of the stuff that happens, especially regarding the Kaaba, it's all very pagan. We even have we have references of Muslims feeling uncomfortable doing some of these things. For example, the the in Umrah you do something called Sa'i, which means you go you run between these two mountains, Safa and Marwa. On each of these mountains in the pre-Islamic times, there was an idol. 
right? And there's a story behind it. Basically, these guys were lovers and, you know, they were turned to stone or something. And so when Muhammad came, he Islamicized the Sa'i and he made it an Islamic ritual, right? And and changed the, changed the story to make it like a halal version. So basically, instead of instead of the idols, it became um, ha Hagar or Hajar was running back and forth looking for water because her, her baby was was dying of thirst or whatever. Um, and then it became an Islamic thing. But the companions were like, and the Quran says, no, Safa and Marwa are the symbols of Allah. So basically, it confirmed the paganism and made it not pagan anymore. Yeah. I mean, going around the Kaaba seven times, kissing this black, like all of it is very pagan. So if you, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any words for you. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I love exploring like what influence did Christianity, Judaism and such have on early Islam, uh, which is why I've had the scholars on and I'm going to continue to try and learn more. I, I really find it fascinating. I don't usually get involved in this like apologetics since like that's a whole different thing in Islam. Uh, but I like to get into the historical questions and look at it like uh, detective, like what human activities behind this and how much paganism did play a role. A super chat before we take our caller. Um, stop scamming, man. Thank you for the super chat. And this is a very common sense, I think, point. Under the reign of Roman governor in the Near East about 20 years before Jesus, 2,000 people were crucified, hardly a death particular admits. So I think looking at the first century, under what's going on in Judea, of course, in Rome, period, especially under Judea, uh, we see Romans actually crucifying Jews, many, many Jews. So whether you want to, that's why it's like, is it worth disputing what the historical situation was and that real crucifixions were really happening to people all the time? Well, I think Islam would, would say, yeah, or Muslims would say, yeah, 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 we, we grant that. What we're saying is in that act of Jesus, he wasn't really crucified, but he was replaced and Allah tricked them or whatever. That creates a bigger problem, I think. <laughs> a problem that isn't really addressed and what we were talking about. So thank you, Stop Scamming Man. Thank you, Abdullah, for answering that and uh, making me think a little bit. So um, we'll bring our next guest on here. And as we do, I'm going to put the chat here. If you're Muslim, uh, feel free to call in. Don't worry. Abdullah doesn't bite as long as you don't buy first. So if you're friendly, like we love that. Thank you. All right. Uh, why is the truth? Welcome to Myth Vision, my friend. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, man? Hey, are you a Muslim? Uh, no, I practice Kemetism. So you're not a Muslim? Um, well, that depends. Like, you know, I consider myself a person of peace, and, you know, that's what Islam is considering, you know, in this etymology, then I guess I am. I'm, I'm looking for Muslims, mostly uh, Muslims, my friend. I plan on doing some open conversation shows in the future, but if you would call back on those shows, this one in particular, I want to deal with Muslims, like active, you know, people who are studying okay, the Quran, okay. believe well, in the Quran and such. Right, right. Well, you know, simply I heard, you know, you guys talking about, you know, certain origins and things like that. That's particularly what I wanted to ask about, you know, because I don't know much about Islam, but, you know, I've studied right. a fair amount, but. You know, in my knowledge, is I see origins that go back to indigenous Africa in all of these, you know, Christianity, Judaism. And my only question is, how come they ignore these things? How come they choose not to, you know? Who is they? You broke up. It broke up. Anyway, uh, I got one rule. Be a Muslim and call in, please. Guys, uh, if, yeah. guys, 
you, Derek said it here first. He has one rule: you have to convert to Islam. <laughs> you have to be I'm Muslim, not, right? You said that people would. Uh, you know what? I'm a Muslim for today. I'm going to call in. No, I, I don't want that either. I want to have people who who are who are you know actually following Islam and stuff. We'll do father uh, follow up shows down the road where we hang out. And you can bring whatever to the table and have conversation. But I really am asking uh, current Muslims to please join and have a conversation with you. Sid Dave, thank you for the super chat. Kaaba, Ramadan, all are carryovers from paganism to Islam. That is why it was so easy for 7th century Arabs to become Muslim. All Muhammad did was get rid of all the extra gods. Everything else is the same. Do you agree with that? Not exactly the same, no. He changed it, right? It's, it's a syncretic, syncretic um, mix of paganism judaism and a little bit of christianity thrown in there muhammad did reform a bunch of things he changed a bunch of laws some of them positive some of them negative he in introduced zakat that was not a thing zakat is 2.5 percent mandatory kind of like withholding tax that is paid to poor people and for jihad <laughs> and for spreading the religion and other it's it has a good meaning behind it it's supposed to be charity um, then he also took away some of the rights that, that women had. For example, a woman in pre-Islamic Arabia could take her tent and turn it around, which means she was divorcing the man. She could in initiate divorce. Um, under Islam, you, a woman cannot initiate divorce. She can request an annulment, and then she loses her dowry. And it's not the same. Like, men have all the right to divorce in Islam, not women. So it is actually a modification. Like, it's not just pure. There were some other bad things he took away. For example, um, it says in the Quran itself that there used to be this sort of thing where a man would inherit his wife to his, I forget how that even works, but there's some weird thing they used to do where they would pass on women from generation mm -hmm. to generation or something like that. Like property, this was annulled. The Quran prohibits prostitution, but it allows sex slavery. <laughs> so it's not exactly paganism, right? Because they, paganism, pagan, I, I do 100% agree that the, a lot of this stuff did come from paganism. For example, a lot of the... There's actually an excellent article on this. If I can just quickly find it. Um, basically, the cultural milieu of, of, of Arabia was the basis for much of Muhammad's religion. And um, mm. I'll, I'll just quickly find that article if you want to um, make a comment while I look for that quickly. Yeah, just uh, I'm looking for callers. And uh, there's nobody in the chat yet, so we're going to continue talking. But one of the things I've been doing is exploring these kind of questions. How much paganism did influence? Because there's a lot of mythology. Uh, even Muslims will admit a lot of the narratives are mythology, later inventions and things like that. And that's, I mean, we're getting somewhere. Uh, but this is where, like, Abdullah, the father of uh, Muhammad, you know, there's this tale where, where um, he was supposed to be sacrificed or something. And, like... The witch doctor with the arrows comes and throws out these arrows and, and and pretty much kept landing on him saying, you need to sacrifice him. You vowed to sacrifice him. And and next thing you know... Um, yeah, that was Abdul Muttalib um, with his son Abdullah, right? Right, right. Yeah. I don't know the names. I'm horrible. The grandfather. Man. Yeah, the grandfather yeah. of Muhammad. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting story because it's it's painting it like it was so pagan before. But when I asked the experts, they would say that these are narrative, these are mythological, legendary narratives. And often what happens is everything's in darkness. Whenever a new religion's coming on the scene, everybody's in darkness until the prophet or the one. 
Like Judaism was a complete darkness in the New Testament till Jesus comes on the scene. Uh, the Hebrew Bible is like, look, everything's in complete darkness. Then Abraham comes on the scene and he gets rid of the idols. It's this idea that complete paganism and then boom, truth. Um, that's what happens in the New Testament. This seems to be what's happening also with Muhammad. And how factual is it that there's a lot of this paganism going on, you know, prior to that happening? Real quick, I got a super chat and then uh, we do have a caller. Okay. David the Goliath, thank you for the super chat. The Khadija had lived. There was no way Muhammad would have dared to come up with, with wife beating verse. She would have beaten the hell out of him. <laughs> Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Did you want to make that comment though? Uh, uh, yeah. When I find it, I'll share. We'll just continue. Okay. We'll it. take I our caller. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, welcome to Myth Vision. Uh, Sheik Yabudi. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I have I have some comments. <laughs> I have some comments for the for your friend here who is who still calls himself Abdullah. Why does he call himself Abdullah? He's a murtad. He's a kafir. He's an apostate disbeliever. He should call himself something else. He should call himself uh, Abdul Shaitan or I don't know, servant of Shaitan, servant of uh, kafir, ser servant of white people, of European people. Why does he call himself Abdullah? I want to ask your friend Abdullah here. Why, if he doesn't believe in Islam, then who created him? You can't answer this. Huh? You can't answer this question. If you don't believe in Allah, then who created you? My mom and dad. You worship mom and dad? No. So who created you? I worship nobody. Then who created you? You can't answer this question, right? Because you know Islam is true, but you are jealous. You are jealous you're doing this for money. <laughs> what version of uh, Islam are you, uh, Yabudi? Alhamdulillah, I'm Sunni Muslim. I follow only true Islam. I follow the Quran and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And you follow your own desires. You follow sex and alcohol <laughs> and drugs. And women, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Someone's yeah. going to clip that. They're going to clip that. Thing. That's <laughs> real. That's how ridiculous. The, you know, the videos I've seen uh, online are, are really okay, out so there. Lucky. But uh, anyway, I, I don't want to be uh, mocking you, uh, your booty. Shake your booty. <laughs> Shake your booty. Shake um, your booty. Did you Respect. have any other challenges for Abdullah? Because... I yes, mean, yes. Well, of course I have. Of course I have. And I know he's not going to be able to answer this one. Abdullah or Abdul Shaitan. Uh, <laughs> since you don't believe in Islam, why don't you go have, uh, why don't you have, explain to me, why don't you have sex with your mother if you don't believe in Islam? <laughs> what? <laughs> I never thought about that before. <laughs> Well, I don't know why this. Muslims always ask this question. Like, wrong really? with it. Is this like one of the top questions on like people's minds? <laughs> like, it's like they have a list, a checklist. <laughs> when I leave Islam, <laughs> number one. It's. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I don't actually think people think like this. I think this is a question that's meant to like stump um, atheists because you can't answer the question. <laughs> I can't answer the question. 
Wow, that's a serious question. I did not know that that was a question. That's asked. People ask this all the time. It's like it's objective morality thing. Oh, not nothing is. Everything is halal for you now, right? So why don't you do this and why don't you do that? And so why don't you answer the question? You can't answer the question. <laughs> why don't you answer the question? Because <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> but you can't answer the question because you have no answer. Because Alhamdulillah, we have Islam. Because of Islam, I know that I'm not supposed to have sex with my mother. Although without Islam, what would I do? I don't know. What would you do? Next question, Sheikh Yabudi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you can't answer this question. So this is the second question that you can't answer by Sheikh Yabudi, alhamdulillah. Another question is, Abdullah, do you? how do you go to the toilet now that you are not Muslim anymore? I still wash myself. I think that's a good thing. I actually kept it. <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. Only because of Islam do you have this purity. That's all I have to say, Derek. Wow. That's all I have to say, Derek. As you can see, Islam is, alhamdulillah, absolutely true. It is clearly beautiful. Clearly, it is wonderful. Not even Abdullah himself can deny it. You have seen him. You have seen it here yourself. He said it is great. It is fantastic. It is beautiful. Islam is true because he cannot refute Islam. He cannot answer my simple questions. This means, Alhamdulillah, you have seen that Islam is true. Now, Derek, my dear brother in uh, humanity, Inshallah, <laughs> I want to invite you to Islam. So, uh, will you please accept Islam now? Right now. Yes. What are you offering me? for me to accept Islam right now? Well, right now you spend your time in the world, I'm sure having sex with like thousands of women, partying all day, every day. If you, you have to stop doing that, so then you will go to Jannah, you will go to heaven, and there you will then have sex with as many women as you want, and they will all be much more beautiful than everything you have seen here. You will have rivers of wine, uh, endless refills, and just unlimited pleasure and you will worship Allah. That's it. But you have to pray and fast and abide by all the rules of Islam. And if you leave Islam, then, you know. <laughs> uh, you're, not, you're not supposed to tell him that part. That's yeah, a big mistake. Sorry. You were sorry. just playing. You were just playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you accept Islam now, Derek? Uh, I got to think about this one. I, if you don't mind, do I have some time to think about it? Or are you, are you absolutely forcing me right now to make a decision? <laughs> well, you, you might die. So you better you better make a quick decision because you, you don't want to die. You don't know what here. happens in, in the next moment. In the next moment, look. This is right now call 54 minutes on your live stream. 55 minutes, you might suddenly not be able to breathe anymore. And then the angels might come and take you away. And then you will go to Jahannam and burn there forever because you did not believe in Islam. And so, how, let me, can I ask some questions back? Is that okay? Not too much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not too much. Um, <laughs> how do you know? How do you know that this is true? How do you know that there's a heaven waiting with endless women and rivers of wine? How do you know it's true? Because Allah uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that this is true. Is that like, it's just the Quran though? And like your experience that tells you that what it's What do you true? mean just the Quran? The Quran <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the most uh, beautiful like book. book. Nobody <laughs> can write anything like it. Tr yeah. Go and try to write something like the Quran, Derek. Go and write. So everyone has tried. So in 1,400 years, nobody has been able to write something as beautiful and as great as the Quran. Go try. You will be put to shame. And then you will, alhamdulillah, see the truth and accept Islam. That's all I have to say.
So then give me the opportunity to try and write something better than the Quran. Are you crazy? Well, if you do, you'll get executed. <laughs> yeah. You don't want oh, to that's do true. That's, that's true. the challenge. The, cha the real challenge is staying alive after doing it. Yeah. You cannot wow. do it and you're not allowed you to do it. And you're not, you're allowed, not allowed to, to try it. So how can we validate, how can we verify these things with, without, you know, dying? I mean, it's, it's very, very easy. Dumb, it's right? all in your it's all in your heart. Look, listen, listen, Derek. You don't know this. You are ignorant, uh, poor, yeah. uh, non-Muslim. Right. May Allah protect yeah. us all from going astray. Uh, so what you don't know is that before Allah created us, Allah made uh, an agreement with us and said, am I not your Lord? And we all, we all said, yes, you are. And then he sent us up on the earth and gave us a test where we have to believe or disbelieve. If you are true to yourself, you will look into your heart and you will realize that back in the day, or back before the day, you gave Allah a promise and you said, yes, yes, mm. you are my Lord. This is inside, deep in your heart, and that's why you know that Islam is the truth, alhamdulillah, you don't need anything else. So, yeah, I was actually told this too. I was told that when I asked this question, well, you already agreed to it, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I did? Yeah, it's in the Quran. I'm like, okay, I guess I did. Wow. What, and the mountains, I'll... brother, the mountains. Now I'm bringing back my Islamic beliefs. Sheikh Yabudi has inspired me. Even the mountains rejected this. But us humans, yeah. Alhamdulillah, but us humans, us pitiful humans, we don't understand the blessing of Allah yeah. subhanahu wa ta'ala. It seems like you've converted back all of a sudden, Abdullah. It's, yes. it's... Oh my God. Look, my, look the Iman is coming Allah back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this duty to the mountains. And the mountains said, oh Allah, please, please don't give it to us. We will crumble. And Allah didn't give it to the mountains. The mountains were wise. But humans, humans are stupid idiots. So humans accepted this responsibility and Allah said to us, okay, if you accept the responsibility, I am your Lord, now you will, I will create you and you will believe or disbelieve and die. And those who disbelieve, I already know who will disbelieve because I wrote everything, but then I will send you to hell and you will burn there forever. And those who keep their word and believe in me, they will go to heavens oh, and they will... Uh, have sex with so many uh, huri and uh, and 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 rivers of wine and all that. Not sex with the rivers of wine. They will have sex with the women and then drink rivers of wine. Whatever you get it. So I got. I have to ask you a serious question now, you buddy. Um, Subhanallah. Yeah. You you're according to Islam, the Bible's corrupt. Alhamdulillah. Right? It's, yes. It's corrupt. But, yes. And there was an early version or some version that wasn't corrupt at one point. Alhamdulillah. Yes. Yes. How do you know that? Allah tells us it's true. Like even if we can't find any of that evidence of an earlier non-corrupted version. What is what is what is what is evidence? What is your problem with evidence, Derek? What is with evidence? Evidence, right. evidence, 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 evidence. What is evidence? You're supposed to have faith, iman, believe in Islam. What did I just tell you? You made an agreement with Allah. Forget about evidence, evidence, questions, answers. This is, we, we, we don't know when people corrupted the Bible. They corrupted the Bible. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Holy Quran, and we accept it as it is finished. So you win, no matter yes. what? Yes. Is it possible you can be wrong? I, no, because I have Allah by my side. Alhamdulillah, I am right. <laughs> the way you just said, 
I am right. I can't get over this, man. This is this is amazing. I'm you know, I'm kind of inspired. I'm not gonna lie. Subhanallah, yeah. Kind of inspired, man. See, this is this is the power of confidence. I am confident. And people see this. People see the truth of Islam just in our speech when we speak the truth on behalf of Islam and when we deliver the words of Allah. You will just this stream, Derek. Because of this stream, how many people are watching? 200, 300? Many 300. people here will, will see the truth of Islam and the beauty and they will convert to Islam tonight. And <laughs> this will be very beneficial. And Alhamdulillah. It, do you have anything else for Abdullah before we go? Uh, I hope, I'll, may Allah guide him. May Allah guide you. Otherwise, may Allah destroy you. Uh, <laughs> that's all I want to say. <laughs> Well, thank you for either or answers, and I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Sheikh Yabudi. Sheikh Yabudi. Sheikh Yabudi. Sheikh Yabudi. Have a good day. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was funny, man. Oh, man. Thank you for showing up. I appreciate it. That was hilarious. Uh, just taking a side note here, you know. Um. So, okay, we've got a few more callers, but I got yeah, a super chat. Before we... Okay, go ahead. Go take the super chat, and then I'll share what I want to share. Kashif W, I hope I'm saying your name properly. Thank you for the super chat. Abdullah, your your advice for Muslim who want to leave Islam but need to hide due to marriage, conservative spouse life, and children. Okay to yeah. hide and be Muslim? Yeah, this is a tough one, man. Um, everyone's situation is different. Everybody has, you know, different... Um, like, people have to decide for themselves how much they're willing to put up with what they're willing to go to and you know for example some people might say that okay i'm okay with pretending to be muslim to everyone around me including my wife and i'm okay with that it depends are you in a muslim country are you in a non-muslim country um worst case are you if you do decide to tell the truth then is that more important to you and possibly losing your your wife like is that because that is a possibility right like i had to undergo this same experience and I was, I decided, oh, just the way I am, like, I can't hide who I am. So I just told my wife and that was it. Like, in the beginning, it was like, yeah, I have some questions, but eventually it became clear that I don't believe this. So I can't pretend to believe it just because of someone else in my life. And so I did, I, I accepted what happened out of that. And, you know, and it was fine. And the, the marriage didn't have, didn't break because of that. But it could, it could have. So it's it's a very mm. personal question, and I'm not sure exactly where you are and what the situation is and what you're willing to put up with. You know. Thank you for the super chat. And can uh, I share something? Uh, yeah. Once you're done, once you're done with that, go ahead. Give my oh. blessings to shake shake your booty. Thank you so much, Raymond. I appreciate that. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was a trip having uh, okay gone. So I'll share this in the um, private chat if you can just post it as well. This is an amazing article, amazing article that goes into the the influence of Islam, sorry, of pre-Islamic Arabia on Islam. This is a golden article. Like this is this is excellent content. So if people want to check that out, we were asking about that earlier. I found it. I found this on Twitter. This guy Ahab. He's he's amazing. Like he's doing excellent work. He's a researcher, Ahab Barwi. He's he's um I think he's a anyways, he studies this stuff for a living. So like this is like amazing stuff, right? Wow. Um yeah. Thank you for that super chat for uh Sharik. Hello, Sheikh Yabudi from cousin Sheikh Mubub. 
Thank you. Thank you. Shake my boob. I've got a, we've got a Muslim in the chat and I'm going to put the timer on in just a second, three minutes, and I'd be happy to bring everybody on here. Sorry, pulling up the timer and welcome to Myth Vision, Rashid. I'm on now. What? Welcome to Myth Vision. Hello? Rashid, welcome to Myth Vision. Did you have something for Abdullah? Hey, hello. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, welcome. Did you have a question for Abdullah? Yes, uh, thank you very much for having me, Derek. Thank you for joining. You have a little bit of echo in the background. Uh, no, I just uh, I just wanted to actually uh, thank him for... No, I just wanted to thank him for such a great... Uh, the great content that he puts out on his channel that uh, I learned a lot from uh, from... You know, from his videos and, and especially you're, you're his videos on uh, uh, with uh, uh, Abdullah Gondon. I mean, I found them actually very, uh, very inspiring, and uh, they were very, very well researched. And uh, everything you know that he talked about, I found that very, very exciting. Thank you for the compliment, but um, I'm trying to get Muslim callers to call in. Uh, I, I appreciate the compliment. I'm not going to turn it down at all, of course. But uh, thank you for the support, and I appreciate it. We'll get to the next caller then. Thank you so much, Rashid. All right. Um, I'm trying to get Muslims. I don't mean offense, but we need to try and keep it as focused on that as possible, please. Um, our next caller is Nader. I'm going to start the timer here in just a second. And welcome to Myth Vision. Hi. Hello. Are uh, you a Muslim? Yeah, I'm Muslim. Nice Welcome to, to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. I'm calling from uh, very far. I'm uh, from South Africa. Awesome. Okay. Anything yeah. you have so, for Abdullah? Yeah. Just uh, I think because uh, since he presents himself as an ex-Muslim, uh, mm-hmm. probably this the, um, the topic of apostasy must be uh, probably one of his favorite topics. Um, something that I know from the Quran, which is very clear, uh, if you open, uh, there's, there's just one simple verse if you open it. It's uh, 4137. It's uh, Surah 4137. It just, I'm, go- I'm just going to read it to you. It says, uh, those who believe, then disbelieve, then again believe, and again disbelieve, then they increase in disbelief. Allah will not forgive them, nor will guide them on the right path. So that's it. No mention of punishment. <clears throat> no mention of uh, uh, killing or any, any kind of uh, uh, retaliation against them. So uh, there, is, there, there, is nothing, there is nothing in the Quran which says that uh, a person should be killed solely uniquely just for leaving Islam. It doesn't exist. Uh, I will show you just another verse. <coughs> uh, even, actually, even if you go to the uh, sayings of the, of the Prophet in the, in the Hadith, and even, even the scholars, which probably he knows about, the context uh, in which they make their statements, it's always about political apostasy in times of wars. One minute left. Uh, yeah, it's always uh, political apostasy in times of wars. Uh, so, for example, 
<clears throat> you're in a state of uh, uh, conflict between uh, two, two uh, communities. You leave your community, uh, by, you leave Islam, but not only this, you leave your community and you join the other community, then like with any state, like uh, a deserter or anybody, for example, if you go to World War II or any, any kind of war, a deserter is somebody who is uh, eligible for the death penalty. So this is exactly the kind of uh, a context in which the scholars were making their, um, and this is known. Uh, it's difficult to uh, to develop upon this like that, but I'm just I just wanted to make uh, to 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 just throw a verse like this uh, to make it clear like like how it's established in the Quran, and well, also let, to clarify we, a little bit. Have, can we have Abdullah respond back with you? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Right. No. 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 No problem. Um. Go ahead and and uh, Abdullah. Did you want to go ahead and respond? Yeah. Can you share my screen? Absolutely. Okay. I'm assuming. Okay. So I, I did kind of show this earlier on that I have an article on this topic. So <laughs> the first, first issue I was going to ask you was, are you a Quranist? But then you said, no, I, you, you affirm the Hadith. Of course. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, the Quran itself has a verse. In the, okay, actually, what am I saying? Abu Bakr himself understood that anyone that rejects zakat, the ridda was that happened after Muhammad died, he said, this is what happened. It's narrated Anas bin Malik said, when the Messenger of Allah died, the Arabs apostatized. So Omar said, Oh Abu Bakr, how can you fight the Arabs? Abu Bakr said, The Messenger of Allah said, I've been commanded to fight the people until they bear witness there's none worthy of worship except Allah, and that I am the Messenger of Allah. And they established Salah and paid Zakat. By Allah, if they withhold from me even a young goat that they used to give to the Messenger of Allah, I will fight them for it. Omar said, by Allah, as soon as I realized how certain Abu Bakr was, I knew that it was the truth. But this, is an, this is an example of Abu Bakr considering that anyone that even rejects one pillar of Islam, which to him was the zakat, the money, the, the, betel, the money that was coming to Beit al-Mal, that was coming from all the different people, he said, I'll fight them for it. I just have a couple of hadith here to show you. All right, can I just answer this, please? Because he okay. just mentioned one hadith. Can I just uh, answer him on this one? I, I think I think the the my no, wait, position is based on. Yeah, one second. I, I think I have more than just one hadith to show you. No, no, but can and I just answer you on that before you continue? Okay, sure. Okay, yeah, thank you very much for allowing me. Uh, listen, I'm not very used to this format, so I just uh, if I make a mistake or something, just tell me. Uh, I just want to say, um, like you said, uh, imagine you're, uh, I don't know in which country you are. Let's say you're in the States, in America. Canada. You, all right, Canada. Uh, you decide to stop paying uh, your uh, contributions, your taxes, all right? And you really rebel against this. Not only you don't want to pay it, but you rebel and you actually organize an armed conflict against the government because you don't want to pay the taxes. And this is exactly what happened during the Riddle Wars that you're mentioning. So this, you see, I just want to say to, uh, to the, the host of the show that uh, there is a little bit of knowledge that, you, that, uh, that, that is necessary when, uh, when you invite people who have, uh, I mean, who, who will, uh, who will throw a lot of information uh, in a very, very biased way 
because you can clearly see the way he was theatrical in his way of uh, presenting the information. It sounded, uh, it sounded exactly like what he wanted it to, to sound. But once I, I explained I don't it understand. Clearly, I don't understand what you mean exactly. Can you, can you tell me what you mean by that? Yeah, what I'm saying is that uh, he, mentioned that he mentioned a situation where there was a first caliph, uh, his name was Abu Bakr, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, he engaged in war against a group of Muslims, not apostates, Muslims, all right? Uh, because they decided to stop paying the zakat. And the zakat is a tax, all right? It's a religious tax that you have to pay uh, for the Muslim uh, state. You know, it's like any kind of tax. You know, when you have a state, you right, have to right. pay your taxes, all right? Mm -hmm. So this, they decided, <clears throat> uh, they decided like a, after the death of the prophet, you know, uh, uh, this is what happens when a charismatic leader dies. Uh, you have people who uh, become disenchanted, or want to leave the religion or want to start doing whatever, uh, uh, you know, making up their own rules. They didn't agree with Abu Bakr. They said, okay, we decide to stop paying the, the zakat, the tax, all right? So that's, that's why he wanted to fight them, uh, not because of some apostasy or something. They were not apostates. So this, uh, is, so this was I, my point. Isn't, isn't it yeah. called the Ridda Wars? Why is it called the Ridda yeah. Wars if they're not Murtad? These are yeah, the they apostasy, they rejection. They rejected the religion by leaving one of the pillars. No, no, not okay, rejected. You said, oh, you hold, said on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah, gentlemen, yeah. gentlemen, gentlemen. Yeah. So, so let's do one at a time. Abdullah, yeah. ask your question, then yeah. let him respond, and then let Abdullah speak. I don't want you guys to right, right, no one can right. understand. So yeah, if sorry. I if I reject one of the pillars of Islam, let's say I don't believe in zakat anymore. I'm not gonna pay zakat. Or I give up praying and I say there's no more salah in Islam. Would you consider me a Muslim still? I'm a non-salah Muslim. Am I still Muslim? I know plenty of Muslims who don't who don't uh, not, who don't not pray, don't pray. Or who pray. Not yeah, don't pray. Yeah, Reject pray. prayer. Reject. I'm talking about theologically. Say I will yeah, not yeah. pray. It is not part of Islam yeah. to pray. I'm talking about yeah. rejecting because scholars have talked about this. They say that yes, yeah, someone that's you know lapsed in his prayer, he he slips, he forgets. But he feels guilty about it. That's okay. And he's a sinner. But if someone rejects the salah or any of the pillars of Islam. Now, we're getting into the scholarly interpretation. The reason I quoted this hadith is because yeah, this but... is what the scholars use in order to justify the killing. This is one of the, the proofs they use. I'm not, making, I'm not trying to straw man the religion. I'm going based on what the scholars themselves use as a reference or a justification for how even Abu Bakr, I mean, like, again, you can interpret it differently if you want to. But from what I understand, the people that, that apostatized, they apostatized from the religion after Muhammad died. And he had to bring them back. Now, this is only just one of my points. Um, Derek, what he was trying to say was I was um, being theatrical, meaning I was reading the Quran mm -hmm. with emphasis. Like when I said, I will fight those who... Who do not you're reading the hadith, you're, you're reading the hadith, not the Quran. Okay, yeah, but the point I was trying, yeah, the, yeah, no, no, but the point yeah. I was trying to make is the point I was trying to make is think about how, like, think about the, the consequences of this. You're willing to kill someone because they are now no longer believing what you believe. First, you said it's not in the yeah. Quran, then I'm quoting hadith. Now, you're saying this hadith doesn't justify that. I have lots of no, other, no, hadith no, 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 sorry, sorry, please don't look. You're better than me in debating. It's not my formal. I don't know how to, you know, 
I can't manipulate people. I can't manipulate words. I'm not very strong in this. I told you a verse from the Quran. Until now, I started with this. You didn't comment on it. I okay, gave a so very simple verse, I, which says, yeah. where this, what it says, they Lie believe in the four verse four, uh, uh, surah four one three seven. You can open it and look at it again. It says that people uh, believe and disbelieve multiple times in a short time and in throughout their life. Yes. And there is so, absolutely no, no, nothing, okay. uh, nothing is prescribed against them. And I, I just it, want I to say it. again, uh, regarding the, the hadith that you're mentioning, uh, they, they didn't uh, reject the principle of zakat. That's not what they rejected. Uh, I mean, the principle of paying the religious tax, that's not what they were against. They were against the authority of Abu Bakr because they were disenchanted Muslims that just lost their prophet. And, uh, you know, a charismatic leader that just died. Uh, it's bound to happen. It happens with any kind of movement like this. So uh, okay what they did is, what, what, no, no, no. What they did is that they didn't want to pay to him. They didn't recognize him as a leader. So that's why he uh, had to fight them as, a, as the leader of the, of the Muslim state. You know, uh, so any kind of government will go after anybody who doesn't want to pay his taxes. This is undisputed. This is undisputed. Some others will want to, you know, depending on which government, on which time you're talking about, religious or not, will want to kill or imprison or torture until you pay your dues. You know, you're living in a community where you're uh, uh, taking advantage of uh, everything in the community you pay. So that's just simple as this. I just want to, you know, if you have another, if you have maybe another argument, you can yeah. tell me maybe something yeah, I don't know about because, because this okay. one. So, so, yeah. uh, Dula, do you want me to go ahead? Are we done the conversation? No, no I don't mind. Talk? I don't mind commenting because okay. I didn't. I didn't we really do have, I'm just saying we do have someone in the chat yeah. when you're ready. So, so, um, okay. So the guiding this point, um, what was I going to say? Like I said, okay, so even, okay, let's put aside what I said. Let, let me glance you that you're right, and these guys are not, even though it's the Ridda was, and let's say you're right, these guys are not apostates. They didn't reject Zakat, they rejected Abu Bakr, and in response, he wanted to fight them until they all submitted to his rule. And, you know, he quoted, the, he quoted that, what the Prophet said, that, and, and by the way, you were saying, hold on a second, this is actually in the Quran, um about fighting the people until they 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 basically the jizya the jizya verse right let me let me find it the the, well, verse, the jizya has nothing to do with apostasy i'm sorry <laughs> i know i know i know i know but what i'm saying is yeah. that this is also yeah. a quote in the quran that i've been commanded to fight the people until they bear witness there's no god except me and that's I'm his not in the quran mister i'm sorry <laughs> that's hadith okay, so let, me, let me find let me find it let me find, let me find it i yeah. submit um one second humility easy to find because you just have to find the one second where is it you have nothing like this in the quran i'm just telling you as a friendly advice i mean i'm not trying to debate or win or anything uh, in the quran you have nothing um, that says that somebody has to be killed for leaving islam yeah, it doesn't I, exist that All i right? know that i know but uh, what i was oh, yeah. Uh, I just want to help you with something. There is something that hints a little bit to what you want. All right, it's in the same um, it's in the same chapter which I already mentioned, where 
the verse that you still didn't comment about where it says that you can leave and come back multiple yeah. times. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Okay, let me talk about that. Right. So the, I, I the, just want to tell you the, the verse that maybe could help you a little bit. That's the only one which could help you a little bit. If you scroll in the same, in the same um, chapter, uh, which is Surah 4, if you go to uh, verse, the passage from uh, uh, verse 80 to 90, it speaks of a particular group of Muslims, you know, the hypocrites, okay? This is something that uh, uh, many people who read the Quran know about, the hypocrites. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not yeah. arguing the Quran is saying that. That's, that's not my position yeah. at all. Uh, can you share my screen, Dirk? Absolutely. Uh, just, just to go back to the verse I was talking about when I said I was quoting actually a verse in the Quran. When, when Abu Bakr was quoting this, I've been commanded to fight the people until they bear witness is none worthy of worship except Allah. This is also in the Quran. Fight those who do not believe in Allah in the last day. Do not consider unlawful what Allah and his messengers have made unlawful. And who fight them until they give the jizya willingly and are humble. So the Islam is, now I agree with you that this is not about apostates. I never made the argument that the Quran itself is what is talking about apostasy. The, the verse you talked about, um, was it 489 you said? I saw that in the chat. 4137. But before continuing, can we talk about just this verse that you just mentioned? Okay, sure. Because, because this verse, it, it clearly says that uh, uh, fight those, etc., etc., etc. I'm not going to go into the detail about why and everything and the context. But it says at the end, uh, if they pay, if they pay, then leave them alone. Mm -hmm. It means yep. uh, they can be. It means they can be uh, whatever they want. They pay, leave them alone. For yeah. example, I live. Yeah. I live in your. Uh, I live. You live in Canada, all right. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not. Uh, I don't know. Let's imagine that Canada was a Christian fundamentalist state, mm -hmm. and uh, you're not. Okay, you, you're some other kind of religion. And uh, you decide, uh, you decide to, to pay, then nobody does anything to you. You don't want to pay, you keep your, I mean, if you pay, you keep your belief. Uh, you're free to keep your belief, whatever it is, even if it's against the state. All right, okay, that's so, basically what, that's basically yeah, so what the verse is saying. No, that, the, that's the it. Thing, the thing is yeah. that the prophet used to, Prophet Muhammad used to send an army and he said, in the hadith, I give them give them three options. Number one is they, they convert to Islam. Then, of course, they're paying zakat. So they're sending money back to the the, the Beitul Mal. Number two is they don't convert. Now, this is now scholars disagree whether this is only for Christians and Jews. So if you're Hindu or if you're a polytheist, many scholars will say you don't get this option to pay jizya. And the jizya is a humiliating tax. It's a tax that's made that's much higher. So, like, for example, if the, the zakat's 2.5% of your wealth, the jizya could be, like, 20% or something. And so they are basically subject to this, this big, heavy, humiliating tax. The Quran even uses, uses the word humiliation because they're not Muslim and they don't want to convert to Islam. It's kind of like to push them into converting to Islam. Then, let me finish my point. Yeah, yeah. The third option is yeah. that they fight. So the, these are the three options given by the offensive jihad, like the armies that Muhammad sent out. He gave these three options. Now we're getting off topic from what I was trying to. The only reason I brought this up was because you said, you, you kept saying this is not in the Quran. This is not in the Quran when I was quoting this. So I just wanted to show that. I didn't want to get into a topic of jihad. That's a different topic altogether. But it's not right that someone is treated, just because of a different religion, they're treated like a second-class citizen. 
I don't believe in Canada. We don't do that. We don't do that shit here. You can be Christian, Jew, Hindu, atheist, whatever the hell you want. You can be straight, gay. You can be black, white, and you are treated the same if you're a Canadian citizen. There's no second-class citizen that's Christian and Jew that has to pay a special tax and humiliation. And some of the uh, some of the Islamic rulers used to put a special badge on non-Muslims to show these are the non-Muslims. I'm not saying that's what the Quran says, but again, we're getting off topic. So, can we please get back to the the apostasy? Yeah, um, just before we go, just before we go back to that, otherwise, yeah. you made you made many points. You know, you threw many things. It's very easy for somebody like your host uh, who doesn't know the history of uh, of Islam and uh, and uh, for example the context of of these verses to actually think that what you said are, are real facts and things that happened like that. Uh, because uh, a very simple search will show, for example, that the, the, the jizya was much less than what uh, than what uh, the zakat was, the zakat, which is the Islamic tax. And uh, many uh, groups, for example, were exempted from uh, from this among among the um, among the non-Muslim population. Uh, for example, the clergy, the old, the weak. Uh, the the women, uh, orphans, anything like this, they were exempt from this payment. And not only they were exempt, but uh, the the Islamic tax that Muslims had to pay, uh, a portion of it was going to them in charity because they couldn't sustain themselves. And this is all I'm not inventing. It's all known facts. You know, I'm just. You know, there are many points that you that you said. Uh, I'm sorry. What's your name? Uh, Abdullah. Yeah. Can we can Abdullah. we get back to the apostasy? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, we can, I just we can... want to say that this, this is just a snippet. I mean, I just wanted to correct you on this small point because there are many other things that you said which were really. I mean, I'm not I'm not a scholar in Islam, but I I studied a little bit. I read, and uh, many things that you said are. Uh, I mean, they can you can you can have an audience for these things, but. Um, if you're trying to, to if you're trying to convince some uh, real serious Muslims to think about their religions, you really have to check your facts very, very, very seriously. Okay, so uh, real quick, let me get these yeah. super chats, and then we're going to get yeah. on the topic. Abdullah wants to get on real quick here. Why so religious? Right. Thank you so much for the super chat. If Allah's words are perfect and can't be replicated, how did Pharaoh speak Allah's perfect words without revelation? Allah does not guide evil doers. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate the compliment. Um, and then we have one more super chat down can here. I, can I answer that? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I just want to say that uh, the Quran quotes anybody. It quotes uh, it quotes the devil. It quotes uh, uh, enemies. It quotes anybody. It's just quoting. Uh, if it's quoting uh, Pharaoh, you know, uh, well, is it, uh, it's, is it quoting, quoting, it's just um, quoting. Him. Yeah. Is it quoting Pharaoh yeah. in his original words, or is it paraphrasing? Because Pharaoh did Pharaoh speak? Quranic Arabic. Well, obviously, it's paraphrasing him the same way it's quoting uh, any kind of uh, person who was non-Arab. Okay, so then <laughs> what do we what do we do with the variance then? How come there's variance of this? Isn't uh, variance that like, of when when you have quoted speech in the Quran, and yeah. then you have a variant reading of it where the speech is different, that actually means the quote is not accurate. It means there's different versions of the quote. It's it's a big problem. Yeah, it would be it would be a big problem if uh, we didn't have actually uh, saying from our prophet that uh, actually confirms that uh, uh, the Quran came in a way. 
the yeah, Quran came in a way, uh, which is it's a very famous hadith which is uh, accepted in all of academia. Seven uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which let, me, uh, which, let me get this which, second. Which, super <laughs> let me get this second one, and and you guys can uh, dispute this one if you want to too. Sid, Dave, thank you for the super chat. Uh, Muhammad was like Kim Jong Un from North Korea. He wanted absolute loyalty, submission, and he was facing competition from rival prophets tribes. He instituted death for apostates and killed anyone who rejected him. I suspect you would disagree with that. Well, uh, listen, it's not about me. Uh, everybody can make up his mind. I just wanted to um, first. I, I just want to thank you both for really allowing me to uh, yeah, to, to, show, to, to to tell my opinion. Yeah, because um, because I and, think it's it's and just so you know, uh, just so you know, and my audience knows this. You probably don't watch me very often, and that's okay. Um, I don't take what you know Abdullah Samir says to the bank either. Like I actually talk to academics and different people and try to figure out what's going on. At the end of the day, I don't believe it. The same way I don't believe Christianity is true. The same way I don't believe in Judaism. The same way. So so it's not a. For me, it's not even a faith issue. It's more about trying to figure out what happened and, and what what is really going on and looking at these people, uh, these academics to find out. So so you don't but have that, to worry that, about me thinking like everything he says is actually 100% uh, accurate. I'll look into no. it as time goes by and keep researching. But yeah. That's great. I just want to say one final point. I really don't want to uh, take the show or something. You you guys, I mean, do, do your thing. Um, I just want to say that uh, I just want to tell uh, Abdullah that um, uh, I mean it's great to put information out there and uh, and encourage encourage thinking because uh, because when you when you uh, when you come on this kind of shows and you and you start to talk and give your opinion it it incites people like me <laughs> and others to uh, uh, to also uh, look up and fact check and things like this and correct and maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe I, I see things you know I just want I just want to tell you I mean uh, it will be better uh, it will be better if when you present an information maybe presented as not like it's uh, the hundred percent I mean truth or something like presented as this is what I think and this is what I what I believe, and you can check for yourself, and this and that. You know, I mean, this is it will be more more fair. You know, this is. Uh, well, I think uh, I think that Abdullah has done a fair job of saying over and over during this podcast, like this is what some of the scholars say. He'll like point out like some of the scholars are disputing this; they're not really sure. Like some think this, and if it's uh, polytheist, they get taxed, or or not if they don't get the opportunity, whatever. But um, he and it's not just that example, like he's done it a lot in the interview um, and there might be things he may not have said, hey, this is disputed among scholarship. But um, anyone who actually is going to be serious about this, look for it yourself, go look into it yourself, check, you know, various sources. Uh, obviously, if you go to Muslim apologist sources, you're going to get a certain pro supportive idea. And if you go to people in opposition and I, I could name names, but there's YouTube channels that personally I once in a while, we'll watch, but I don't take it to the bank. I would rather go to like an academic who's not like has a vendetta against Muslims. You know what I'm saying? So I would be very careful on where you gain your insight and check it out yourself. I'm with you on that. And thank you for being thank so you, kind. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks very much. I'm just going to leave you, now. And, uh, Thanks, Nader. Uh, it was, was a pleasure. And if, if, if any time, I mean, I just stumbled upon the, the channel, it came in the algorithm. Uh, and I'm very happy that I called. I was a little bit subscribe, nervous. But, subscribe uh, to the channel. 
<laughs> yeah, if you want to get, if you want to see some stuff, check out my channel. I got a lot of different things. So thank you, Nader. Am I saying that right? Nader? Nader? Nader. Yeah, Nader. you can Nader. pronounce it Nader or Nader. Nader. Nader, thank you so much and have a good new year. Thank you. You too. Bye, Abdullah. Bye. Bye. All right. Yeah. Did you want to address what you I were just, saying? I want to, I do want to respond because can I, can I just, can you share my screen? Yes, oh, I can. One more time, yes. please. Absolutely. So, um, like I was trying to, I, I did say earlier on that I, there is an interpretation of Muslim scholars and people like Hamza Yusuf say this, they say, and Mufti Abu Layth, that the treason, the, sorry, the, the apostasy law is connected to treason. So it's not that you're abandoning your religion, it's that you're going against the community. I'm not convinced that the Hadith and like actually portray that because it's, to me, it seems like it's a simple leaving of the religion. And I'm just going to, because I could go on all day with the hadith, there's a ton of hadith, like I, like right. I said, but I'm not going to go through them. What I'll do instead, and I wanted to ask him about this, but he had to leave, which is, you know, let's let's just look at what the Islamic websites say. There's, I, I have two Islamic websites here. One is Islam QA, which is a Salafi website. So this is out of Saudi. And I'm just going to quickly show you what, what it says here. What's okay. the ruling on apostates? While you do that real quick. Vel Rose, thank you. Humanity first, no to religion, rise up for for Rojava. Thank you so much for the super chat. And we got one more, if you don't mind me grabbing that mm -hmm. as well. Yep. David the Goliath said, in 52 out of 57 Muslim-majority countries, it is illegal for a non-Muslim man to marry a Muslim woman. A non-Muslim would be arrested for being with a Muslim woman. Muslim supremacy is enforced by law. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's an issue as well like my wife would um got automatically divorced from me when i was when i left islam um that's kind of an issue as well anyways um so basically that. the islam qa says i hear if a if muslim apostatizes and meets the conditions of apostasy is of sound mind and adult blah 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 blah, blah. listen read, read this shit apostasy okay so okay if a muslim apostatizes and meets the conditions of apostasy i.e he is of sound mind an adult and does that on his own free will, then his blood may be shed with impunity. Look at like look how he, they say it. He is to be executed by the Muslim ruler or by his deputy, such as the Qadi or judge, yeah. and he is not to be washed after death in preparation for burial. The funeral prayer is not to be offered for him, and he is not to be buried with the Muslims. So now this is a scholarly website. Not my words. I'm not making this up. Sure, if you don't want to believe it, you're a Muslim, an individual Muslim that has studied Islam, and you you conclude otherwise, that's fine. But can you, instead of correcting me, why don't you, like, get these guys to take down this shit? Like, these are the people that you should have a bigger issue with, not Muslims that say, ex-Muslims that say, I'm going to be killed. Tell the Muslims to stop saying these things. I'm going to show one more website, which is the opposite of the Salafi website. It's a Hanafi website. So Hanafis, uh, they follow a madhab. They, tend, they call themselves traditional Muslims. Uh, why are apostates killed? Answered according to Hanafi fiqh. So I wanted to show that this is not just a Salafi thing. This is unanimous. Again, modern scholars may say otherwise. Okay. Um, basically, it says, he, it, you know, there's no compulsion in accepting the religion. However, it says once you accept Islam, you know, you don't compel them. But once you accept Islam, then... That's it, right? It's like um, uh, joining a uh, the mob, blood <laughs> in, blood out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where where does it say this? 
Uh, oh, here it is. Okay, an apostate would have already entered Islam and his own will then be defected. He will not be forced to accept Islam. He'll be given an opportunity of three days to repent. After three days, the apostate will be sentenced to death. So you get three days. These are Islamic websites. So like, wow. I don't know what like what more do you like? These are authoritative Islamic websites that people trust. Yeah. You yes. So this isn't are, you coming up with this. This is what no. I think you were trying to say. Is like, look, look. We can come up with various interpretations and many people with many things. And let me let me just take this super chat if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, yep. This mm -hmm. this is in the vein of what I'd like to say on what you just said here for our good friend uh, Nader. Uh, world needs leaders like Nader who should abolish death for apostasy in many countries. These countries strongly follow Sharia. Either one is correct. So I'm with this super chat. Thank you for the super chat, by the way. I really appreciate all the help I can get here. But I have to say that if that's the case, um, I would we're, we're siding with this idea that he's like trying to eliminate it um, and reform these things. I'm with you. But it's like, if you're finding it on Muslim websites, yeah, I don't think he's trying to reform. I don't think he's trying to reform it. I think he's trying to say that. I guess you could call it reform again. If someone's saying, "Here's the problem," is it really reform to say, "Well, if you don't pay your taxes, the government would jail you and kill you too"? Is it really reform to say, "Well, we don't have the conditions for an Islamic state, therefore we wouldn't implement it"? Like I would ask that same person. I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe he is actually against it. Yeah. Can you can you say like Muslims repeat after me? Can you say it is wrong to kill someone for leaving the religion? Yes or no? Is it wrong? Is it wrong? That's all I want you to say is it's wrong to kill someone for leaving the religion. Most people cannot say that because of the religious teaching. So they'll say something else. They'll say we don't have the proper situation or they'll say this is for treason or they'll say but like Nobody wants to condemn what Muhammad did. Like, did other rulers do the same thing that if you defected, they would kill you? And we have examples of people uh, that... I There might have been, actually. There might have been, in, even in the Christian world. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. it's political. Uh, this might have happened, and I don't know because I'm not a historian. It's something to explore. But, you know, it's not like this unique guy came up out of nowhere and just started slaughtering people. I mean, the whole world was bloodbath. You had yeah. Rome, you had Persia. They've been warring for over a thousand years. And this is where I, I'd say the problem comes up. When I've mentioned warlord or I've used this phrase to say yeah. Muhammad was a he was a fighter. Joshua yeah. was a fighter in the Bible. I mean, like I can give you a list of what I would call warlords, people who are battling mm -hmm. leaders of their people who are battling with sword, okay? Or yeah. they're pushing people to do that. When you look at this, they'll go, no, no, no. There was all defense. That's a huge <laughs> red flag to me because when I – like I listened to uh, Robert Hoyland's <laughs> book, In God's Path. These are historians who's like going into all the documents showing, no, like – they conquested to Berber. They took over, you know, the Romans. They went over and took over Persia. Like, that's not self-defense. That's like me kicking in your door, you know, in Canada. I live in North Carolina. And then saying, this is actually in defense, by the way. <laughs> because if I don't do it to you, you're going to probably eventually do it to me. So yeah. I guess I'll go ahead and do it now. And then I'll call it defense. No, no, no. It's mm -hmm. So I'm not blaming. Yeah. But if, if you're if, trying to live by his actions today mm -hmm. in the world we live in, then yes, I yeah. think condemning those actions for today is yes, a thing we yeah. should do, you know? Yeah. 
I'm not yeah, going to blame history. Yeah. I'm not going to blame history. I'm going to blame people who are trying to lift 7th century Medina and put it into 21st century living and say, this is how we need to live. This guy knew he knew what was true for all time right here for all time. You know, that's yeah. that's the problem. I, I agree with you. I think that's the bigger problem is when you when you if it's truly the case that this is for treason, it wasn't it's not clear enough. That's the problem with the religion. If if Allah actually sent this religion and he left it in such a form that could be easily misunderstood, he didn't do a good job because all these Muslims apparently think that it applies even today that you should kill apostates. The minority, I would say, are the ones saying that, yeah, this is for treason. And so therefore, we don't need it anymore. But like like people like isis and others that would do this today to this day because they think it still applies because it's not clear that it's only for treason like it, right. the words are not there right you know what i'm saying and people are in inter they're interpreting it in many ways we have active you know extremist cults that are interpreting these things obviously <laughs> to the extreme but uh ronnie ronnie s uh and this i'm gonna get your personal thought on this muhammad uh was i think he's trying to say was a fascist political leader whose actions inadvertently created a fascist political religious ideology used by brutal dictators to oppress people. What yeah, are your thoughts I, about that? I kind of wish, um, you know, Mr. Anti-Fascist Jordan Peterson would have brought this up <laughs> because he's against, he's strongly against fascism, but Islam, some, interp some interpretations of it, especially the Islamist like ideology of political Islam is very, very fascist. It's like no freedom of religion. I mean, just look at Saudi Arabia until recently, actually most of the Middle East, you're not able to build any churches. You're not allowed to openly celebrate Christmas. You have to, you know, have to hide it. I remember my Ismaili friend telling me they used to have secret like meetings for con like for prayer underground because you can't openly be Ismaili, like you can't have religious ceremonies openly in Saudi. He was living in Saudi and he was Ismaili, which is the, the Shia sect, uh, Shia sect. So you don't have any of those freedoms. Mm. Uh, in many Muslim countries, women are not allowed to they have to wear hijab it's a it's a religious obligation plus it's a legal obligation so you can be charged under modesty laws like iran and maybe even saudi so there's there's many things like that right it's it's of course there's different ways to interpret it like a lot of people don't interpret islam politically and that's that's much better because it's a private expression of your devotion to god that's that's fine you can do that but when you put it on someone else now now i have a problem right yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with you. I understand that, you know, we're coming from a modern perspective where we've lived in a privileged area where people have these rights and freedoms. And so it's different, I guess, when you're someone like them who who's used to this and this is your worldview. It's totally OK. I know because as a Christian, I try to get everybody to think like me. I wanted everybody <laughs> to convert. Um, Rashid's still down in the chat and I'd like to take his um, take his call if that's fine. Since he said he's Muslim, so I want to hear his thoughts. All right. Uh, welcome back on, Rashid. Hi. Thank you very much for having me. Did you have a question for uh, Abdullah? Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, when I was uh, when I came on the first time, I was uh, I first started out by uh, giving some. I didn't uh, know that you were. I didn't know you were sorry, a Muslim, man. Yeah. I I figured that. What, I I figured later on that okay. Now that I have started like this, they're probably going to assume that I'm not a Muslim. But yeah, <laughs> but I actually, very nice. It was a shocker. A Muslim. It's it's just that the, I appreciate good uh, good research when I see it, even if it's coming from an non-Muslim or an ex-Muslim or someone Thank who's you. speaking against Islam. 
and I found the their series uh, Abdullah Gondol and also uh, Abdullah Sami's you know series on uh, on basically the prophet having of not being a prophet with his uh, you know revelation and all that. Um, I found the research very very uh, fascinating and the depth of it was incredible. So I appreciate that because as Nadir also said that uh, uh, when these these things are brought into the light it causes us to go and reflect and start doing our own research and, and gaining even more knowledge and i appreciate that very much so uh, to begin i would like to say what uh, <laughs> what abdullah said uh, just before that uh, i would like a muslim to say that it is wrong to uh, to kill someone because of leaving a religion yes abdullah i am muslim and i am saying that it is absolutely wrong to kill someone just because they have left a religion. So excellent, beautiful. Do you agree? Can I ask Rashid just to get a because yeah. you brought up an example, Abdullah? You said that there's this like at least on that website there's a three day rule. Would you agree that if they decide they permanently never want to come back, that that's still wrong to kill the the apostate? It doesn't matter as long as it is for religious reasons that someone leaves a religion. In fact, I would say that. Executing someone just because they've left a religion is an indicator of the falsehood of religion. For me personally, if a religion, for example, calls for the execution of another person just because they've left it, that tells me that that religion is false and that person who's propagating that idea is also a false teacher or prophet or proclaimer or whatever. Yeah, I would I would say I have a Muslim friend just like you. And you know, I don't have very many Muslim friends anymore. But this guy, he said the same thing to me. He said, how does it make sense that people leave Christianity all the time and become Muslim? And that's fine. But when they leave Islam, we're supposed to kill them? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, so I, I appreciate that you, you, you share that view and, you know, that you have those good values. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it's just, uh, it's... Uh, for me personally, as in, I, I understand your point of view on the idea that uh, the Prophet uh, the Muhammad did that or, or, or called for it or that kind of understanding. And yes, and that also to, uh, uh, to go on, on what Nadir also brought up before, uh, I, I do see, for example, that the hadiths uh, do, um, they do give that impression. So it is true. I would say that you are correct that when you look at the hadiths, they certainly do give that impression that it is okay to uh, to kill someone based on their belief. Because as you also read from the hadith itself, it says certain people, certain groups apostatized. Iratadu, they left. They apostatized. That's the word that is used now because the narrator of the hadith considered it to be lawful to execute someone. So he puts it like that, that they apostatized. And of course, so we understand it, that they are apostatized. Well, that means to leave the religion. It's, it's just, that's what it means. So that is what the hadith also says. And in addition to also that, the other hadith actually says, for example, وَكَفَرَ مَنْ كَفَرَ مِنَ الْعَرَبِ That basically those, the, the, the people from the Arabs did kufr. That's the word they use. So it's it's uh, you do have that they do have that you know that that, that uh, perception. So you do understand yeah. that. That I wish you were there when Nada was on. <laughs> <Yeah. So laughs> you they, guys they, should they, talk to each other. They do. 
they do i mean the hadiths do give that impression that, that's that uh, you have the hadith of someone uh, of someone for example after the after uh, after the prophet two people are sitting down and then they're having a conversation and one says to the other that uh, oh who is that man and he says oh this one is so and so he used to be a muslim now he's a jew so the other one said okay i want uh, i won't sit with him until you execute execute him because the prophet says that yeah. uh, uh, that <laughs> yeah. so it it's it, it as clear as that as clear as that and if you take that and you assume it to be authentic or correct it, the the impression is there it's not about it's not about uh, uh, what did he say that it is it was about uh, i don't know treason right that's what that's what he yeah. said Nadir. yeah yeah this yeah. is clearly not treason this man was sitting there <laughs> among other muslims so it is not treason. If it was treason, what the hell would he be doing sitting there? And another Muslim comes over and looks at him and says, hey, that's not treason. Wow. It's like if a, a Nazi person came to the U.S. and yeah. is sitting around <laughs> the people, other people, with, it, it, it doesn't make sense. If it was treason, he would not be sitting around other Muslims and yeah. other Muslims would not be accommodating him. You're doing a better job than me. I gotta thank you. Like you're, you're actually doing a better job than me right now. I mean, that's the thing is that it doesn't make sense if you look at from the hadith perspective. I do give you that. It's clear from the hadith perspective. It's also clear from uh, from the scholarly understanding. There, there are many scholars that say that it's okay to execute people, you know, because they leave the faith and you give them the three days, and if which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you give them three days. If they don't come back to religion, you're supposed to execute them. Uh, it's for me that that indicates for me correct, truly that this path is absolutely false. Now, for me, where I do take uh, this kind of understanding, I do and I do see it in the Quran itself. Now, going back to why I am a Muslim a little bit, <laughs> I do get the same understanding from the Quran that. For example, when the Quran says, when it gives that famous verse, La Ikrah Fiddin, which you are very familiar with, that it says, It specifically says, Arushd, clear guidance, or as it's popularly understood, but it more refers to the correct way of doing things, is more, it's clear, or it has been clear from the false way. So, so it's, it's telling you that executing someone that, or one is, is nonsensical because if it is clear, then there's no point in enforcing someone. That's the verse. The verse is telling you that you don't, you don't, there's no need to force someone because what is correct should be apparent, should be clear from what is false or what is mm -hmm. what's hard to do. Yeah, it even says uh, we we hurl truth at falsehood and it demolishes falsehood. It's yeah. it's quite poetic actually when it says exactly. it that way. Like, exactly. Yeah. So the verse itself is telling you that it's making you to to think that it's not it's it's clearly telling you that there's no point in actually forcing someone because if your religion is true, it should be able to stand on its own feet. It, it exactly. you, you don't have to force someone. That's what the verse is saying, and unfortunately, Let people have. Taking, Rashid, oh, sorry, sorry, Derek, no, yes. let me let me bump in and get this super chat because this really sure, big super sure. chat and uh, I really appreciate people who help support the channel. So we'll no keep problem. you up here for a second. I want to have Abdullah respond for a minute too. I, this is I have a question too. But uh, Ronnie yeah. S, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate that. It's big super chat. Really appreciate your help. Uh, there were also other prophet claimants. 
in the seventh century Arabia who were more popular than Muhammad. Musala, Musalima? I hope I'm saying that right. Musalima. Which uh, was one such challenger to Muhammad. Isn't it ironic that Christianity, Islam, Mormons originated in areas where many people were claiming to be prophets, messiahs? Is yeah. that a question for me? I think that's a question for Abdullah, just to kind of just to kind of okay. throw it out there. Like, I see a lot of common things personally as I've been studying, mm -hmm. especially between Joseph Smith and Muhammad, uh, what we can trust of maybe what might be historical uh, about Muhammad. But there's a lot in common between these men, and I do believe that they believed in what they did. That's yeah. that that I don't doubt that there are people who think people are con man and this and that and. There might be some lying, of course, in Joseph Smith, for example. There might be some lying that is in the name of God that might be coming from the prophet. That does, I'm going to say it like this. You're Muslim on the channel. Yes. But I have, I have some friends. I have a scholar friend named John Hamer who is a Mormon. Okay, He's a Mormon. Okay. And he admits that Joseph Smith was very human, made big mistakes, said things at times that you know, he looks at or actions like the polygamous stuff, right? For him, there's things he's like, Joseph Smith made a lot of mistakes, but he still believes that he's the prophet. Now, I wouldn't jump to that conclusion, but he does. And he admits these things. Um, do you see those human flaws or are you like, no, 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 we can't do that. The prophet is the prophet is perfect. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, he didn't no, make those uh, mistakes. Yeah, uh, That's actually a very good question. I, I'm actually one of those few Muslims who don't have that idea that the Prophet Muhammad is a perfect human being, right? So, uh, <laughs> so, so uh, it might, yeah, for some Muslims out there who are watching, but it's not, it's, it's not a possible, it's not a possibility. It, it's not a, sorry, it's not a, yeah, it's, it's not possible to be perfect. Like the, the Prophet Muhammad cannot be perfect for all times. That, that's, that's just not possible. That's, <laughs> it's impossible for him to be perfect for all times. Ronnie S is back again. Thank you again, Ronnie. And he just said, Muslims came up with the idea of Muhammad being the last and final prophet to prevent political uprisings as many people were claiming to be prophets and raising their own private armies to challenge Muslims. This, okay, so this opens up a can of worms. Mm. This is something that I really want to explore with the historical, because, all right, when I say, for example, when I made the statement that Muhammad may have been a, a warlord, right? You don't take me to the bank as if like I mean it in some like he's bad and he has bad intentions. No, he believes what he's doing is right. But there may be some anachronistic stuff that has been applied to him. I wonder if later historians in Islam and rising of the empire may have potentially put certain implications on these things to keep their empire together. I don't know. This is a historical question to ask some of the historians to find out like, did they say he was the last prophet? Was he saying he was the last prophet in his own lifetime? Did he actually believe the end was near in his own lifetime? Did he think that the end was going to happen just like the New Testament has the indication? Paul believed the end was nigh, uh, even from the mouth of Jesus in the Gospels. You see where I'm going with this. So I, I yes. think he did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anachronistically, I think that that is a possibility uh, that people were back projecting, uh, I think, certain things onto the prophet uh, you know to make it you know seem you know a, a different to to give a different picture however uh, the question about that one on the last day or, or did, did the prophet think that the last day is going to come in his lifetime mm -hmm. i i mean if you look at the quran which i i would say that is the the closest or the best source to the prophet 
him. So that that uh, it, it's the best source as mm-hmm. far as historically speaking. Uh, uh, if we look at the Quran and we have to go with assumption with the assumption that he produced it somehow, and we look through the Quran, there is absolutely no indication where whatsoever that the Prophet Muhammad had any idea of when the hour is going to happen. In the Quran, if you look at the Quran, there is nowhere where the Prophet is asked in several verses, it tells you this, yes, they ask you, when is the hour going to happen? When is it going to happen? He had plenty of opportunity in so many verses of the Quran which talk about when the hour is going to come to mention that it's going to happen in, in 100 years or it's going to have come in this in this specific time. But nowhere in those verses does he mention that. Yet we have a hadith which also Abdullah knows about. He, also, he has also mentioned it. Uh, which the prophet talks about, but gives a specific reply, uh, response. This child will not grow yeah. old, will not have grown old until the hour has come. I have mm-hmm. had some people who try to go behind this and they say, well, you don't know the hour maybe means <laughs> until I die. No, 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 no. We all know what asa means, okay? Yeah. <laughs> But are you, so are you, okay. a, are you, uh, sorry for interrupting, are you a Quranist then? You, you only uh, believe no. in the Quran? No, no. Uh, okay. no. I mean, I, I believe that the, the Quran is an inspiration from God, yes. Okay. But uh, uh, I do take the hadiths uh, more, let's say, not dogmatically. Okay. If, if, if yeah. I could say that. I yeah. don't take them dogmatically. I don't, I, I don't think that uh, they can be, they are a good source in terms of what was at the time, uh, at the time of the prophet. I believe that there are, happening anachronistically much of the things that are in the hadiths are actually back projected onto the prophet as if he said them much of them uh, but not not all of them there are some that i believe that the prophet said those things and that he he, he believed that or that he he performed that way i do believe mm-hmm. that yes mm-hmm. interesting interesting yeah mm-hmm. well thank you for your perspective yeah. and um yeah it's, it's actually great healing from you and um I, I think I can learn a lot from you. Actually, you said some really good points. <laughs> Improve some of my yeah. arguments. <laughs> I, 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 I want. I mean, when I when I first started coming in, uh, I wanted to talk about the 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 the, the hating verse because that's you've talked uh, you've spoken about mm. it quite often, yeah. and I never yes. I, I've never I I, I I wanted to talk about that and my perspective on that to try to shed light on that. But okay, if there is no time. Choice. I can, uh, it's Derek's uh, choice. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I can. Let's do I, it. Let's do it again sometime. Thank you for calling oh. in, Rashid. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Ashid. Awesome. That was cool. That was really cool. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I love his perspective. I mean, I like. I wish all Muslims believed what he believed because it's, yeah. it's great, right? I mean, if you if you can actually, most of the issues with Islam are in the Hadith, I think, and if you can you know take those with a grain of salt as he does, then you know you can get rid of a lot of the the bad stuff. Um, I I don't know what he was gonna say about the Quran and you know Quran four thirty four about the beating verse. So we'll we'll discuss that another time. Um, obviously, I have in general. I I think we don't need religion in general. I think right, right, right. I'm with you. It. I don't know what the point of even holding on to it then. But um, yeah, like I, you know, someone like that. I you know the interesting thing is the difference between someone like that and the perfect dawah is they're both coming at it like. From a sim, they have kind of similar conclusions, but they're coming at it so differently. Like he's speaking from 
a perspective that I can actually respect. Like I can understand, not just respect. I can understand where he's coming from, and I, I get how he got there. Whereas some other Quranists, I just don't resonate, and I don't really understand how they got to where they got to, and it it just feels like cherry picking to me. And I don't I don't want to talk to that because there's nothing to say to people that do that. Whereas yeah. this guy is like, okay, well maybe you know he's speaking from knowledge, and he actually he had he had a point that I never even thought of that if this was about treason, then well. <laughs> what about the hadith where actually one of the hadith on my blog where the guy said I'm not going to sit down till this Jew is killed because he's the prophet said if anyone leaves the religion then execute him so that it doesn't make sense that's treason that's a great point I never even thought of that so wow um, yeah I hope to talk to him again Rashid uh, if you can contact me email me abdullah.adam at gmail.com um, just email me I'd love to talk to you some more sometime uh, hear your thoughts I, I think you're a very interesting person and uh, would love to talk to you Feel free to put it in the chat too if you want to uh, let make sure that Rashid gets that. Okay, I got a super good. chat from Sid. Thank you, Sid, for that super chat. I appreciate the love. Muhammad may have been some form of a Christian before Islam. His marriage with Khadija was solemnized, or solemnized, sorry, solemnized by a Christian priest, Waraka. Muhammad also thought that Christians believed that Jesus was Allah's biological son, Mary as Allah's consort. This opens up a whole <laughs> bro. I'm hey, interesting super chat because I'm actually trying to I'm exploring the historical question, right? Like that's what I'm into. Like it's not for religious reasons, it's for historical, but there seems to me to be more of a Christian influence than we would expect. And I go, is it Jewish or is it Christian? Well, there were versions of Christianity that were very Jewish Christian versions out there outside of the empire especially by the seventh century you're talking about you know there's the orthodox church they would have expelled a lot of these types of groups and they would have been out there on the fringes as a diaspora a diaspora of christian movement and this may have been something there there are a lot of traditions though i must admit where like a monk sees muhammad like under a tree and he's like oh it's a christian monk and he's like that will be a prophet and then there's one that it's it's a pagan uh pagan witch doctor if you will or something like that that sees and says he will be somebody great and then the one where there's rabbis and the rabbis see him and then which one's true i mean they're all three telling yeah, something the so christian the christian one is a known fabrication the one where sorry the monk you know the monk that yeah that yeah that one i think i don't know if sean anthony mentioned that he in did his chat with he, you. okay he mentioned of them though like the, the, there's conflicting traditional stories okay it's cool though watching legends. If you know what it is, it's cool. If you think this is literally historically true, and the, that's when it starts to become like fundamentalism. Anyway, we got one more caller, uh, Myron. And uh, if you're cool with that, did you have something you wanted to say? No, 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 nothing else to say. Um, that's that's yeah. I I have no idea if Muhammad was a Christian, but yeah, I obviously there was a Christian influence there, and a very strange Christian you know sect obviously wasn't mainstream christianity yes that's what sid is saying here and may i mention this just briefly there's an interview i i maybe i'll have m david little come back but christianity was not one thing and there was versions of it out there where jesus the father and the mother there was mary this trinity was with mary and you see this in the quran this version of christianity existed it wasn't father son holy spirit trinity it was mother, father, and son. And this is something that I'm going to have M. David Litwick come on, experts on these, what he calls found Christianities. 
See, Dr. Bart Ehrman wrote a book called Lost Christianities, and it's all these lost versions that you find out there with names, Sethianites and, and this group and this group and all these different versions. But M. David Litwell has a book coming out in a month or two, and it's going to be called Found Christianities, versions of Christianity type of movements that have this and a Trinitarian version with the mother Mary is one of them. So maybe they were down in Saudi Arabia, at least to the sixth, seventh century. I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, anything else before we bring on one more? So we'll just do one more caller and um, thank you for your time, Abdullah. I really appreciate it, man. No, you really, didn't have to. This is great. This is actually fun. I'm, I'm really loving this. I, I really do. I appreciate everybody's calls. I mean, everybody and they make this like something I want to do more to have interfaith dialogue and to help maybe change, you know, to a better direction for everybody. So yeah. um, welcome Myron to myth vision. I appreciate you jumping in. Hello guys. Good evening. Good night. Good morning. I don't know what time is there at the moment. <laughs> Are you Muslim? Any, um... Are you Muslim, yeah, my ahead. friend? Uh, I am a quite a cultural Muslim, let's say, because of my family, my background, where I am, who everybody, but quite skeptic in many ways. Okay. Uh, did you have a question for Abdullah? Yeah, I've been following Abdullah uh, for a while, over a year now, and then after him, I found Hassan Ridwan, and I'm quite enjoying both videos and what they present. It's quite, uh, actually, you feel, I feel sort of relieved since I found them. This kind of interpreting how I feel because wow. uh, scholarship in uh, Islam, or at least in my country, I'm from Turkey. It is quiet. It's like a muddy lake. You don't see anything. You cannot really uh, take uh, one scholar's opinion. And I have actually uh, two questions for Abdullah. If you don't mind, if you if you think enough after the first one, I would understand. Also, I don't have to ask the second one, but. Uh, it is a good opportunity for me. So if you don't mind, that's something sure. I want to go ahead go with my it, first yeah. question. Um, I think especially for Sunni world, I want to ask Abdullah, uh, there is no single authority. Is that causing big problem? Because in Turkey, it's already causing big problem. The other day, I was watching a famous uh, uh, Muslim scholar, uh, the founder of 19.org. Maybe you heard him, you, you've seen him. He, inter he welcomed about 20 Turkish scholars, which is very famous, really, uh, who is leading in Turkey. And they were discussing reforming Islam. And the topic that started from uh, Nisa uh, 34, the wife-beating verse. And I watched the program two hours, 20 minutes. Nine of them left the conversation. Eleven of them didn't agree. They all start fighting. They all start coercing each other. They start tech-freeing each other. Wow. And two hours, 20 minutes... Reforming Islam, it didn't go further than uh, Nisa 34. It is really wow. hard. What, what can, some things we, people as we want to, we enjoy our culture, we like our family, we don't want to get cross with them. There are some things we don't get along well with them, but you need some answers, of course. Then you search for some answers, and then you go to these people, you watch these people, you never get an answer. There is three pages, you read four pages about one. Ayah, one uh, hadith, and you read that one for one hour, your brain hurts. After a while, you forget what, what was your question. <laughs> and that's, that's something is really bugging. And since I've been following Abdullah, a lot of their approach, especially Hassan Radwan, is amazing. I get uh, some relieving answers. 
it hasn't it doesn't support it doesn't has to back up my belief what I want to believe it is a truth uh, I feel uh, I feel in peace and I want uh, Abdullah is also come background is Ismaili but he is literally hardcore Sunni so did he also have these dilemmas getting lost in the seculars when you were, were looking for an answer and actually you searching for hours and hours and hours when you try to get a coffee and you think that what was your answer you forget what you were looking for what was your question yeah so um i totally resonate i mean i totally understand where you're coming from you know you love your culture you love your community and you still want to be a part of that and there's nothing wrong with that there's you know not all of us have to be like public ex-muslims some of us you know some people that are muslim and you know that's my actual goal for the world i want to live in a world where anyone can be muslim and nobody really cares whether they believe in god or they believe in hereafter they don't believe whether they pray five times a day or they don't pray that's nobody's business except my own um my i kind like my muslim family is kind of like that my dad was agnostic in a way my mo mom is sort of agnostic too she's muslim you ask her she's muslim she believes in god but she's not like strict on these things. She's not really, you know, she doesn't care about like when I was young, I tried to convince her to get a halal mortgage. She's like, boy, get out of here. Right? I'm just going to get a regular mortgage. Right. I don't care about that stuff. So I'm glad she listened. She didn't listen to me. But definitely some of the things in Islam, they're kind of hard to they don't they make you uncomfortable. For example, like, you know, the wife beating verse. You know, so what do we do with those things? I would say, like, the things that you don't feel comfortable with, just just ignore them. Just keep away from those and, and keep the good parts of the religion. Keep the part that makes you feel good. Like, Sheikh Yabudi came on earlier asking, do you wash yourself? Well, yeah, we can wash yourself. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? If there's certain things that you appreciate in Islam, for example, respecting the parents or whatever, and that, that jives with you and your culture, then by all means, you know. Me, personally, I didn't go through this. I have a very different story. I converted right from Ismaili to Sunni, and I just accepted everything in Sunnism. I didn't, I didn't question the morality issue at all, at all, at all. What took me out of Islam was a, was the scientific part. Where, when I started to see the Quran as sort of man-made book, and then later I, I reconsidered my conclusions about Muhammad's actions, whether they were actually moral or immoral, and that's when I started to realize a lot of the things he did. I, I just wasn't comfortable with them anymore and I never questioned them. Just like when Rashid came on and he mentioned that point, I never even thought of it like that. Well, how could this be a treason issue when there's actually the guy was actually sitting there with the companions? So obviously that's not treason. He wouldn't be sitting there, you know, whatever, smoking hookah with them, whatever they were doing. I don't know what they were doing, but sitting together, whatever. So um, does that get to what you're asking? Like, so my journey is different. Your journey is different, but... Um, did I it's ask it's too difficult to understand Abdullah. They don't give an answer. No. It's just it's a, question. Yeah. What is the question. What's your answer, good man? I'm listening over two hours. What's your yeah, conclusion? The, the thing about the the yeah, you've mentioned reforming Islam. Sorry, I forgot about that. And you you asked a very good question. And by the way, Derek, I asked this to Khalil as well, and Khalil actually agreed agreed with me that this is a problem. See, in Ismailism, there's one person, right? So he's in charge. Yeah. He decides. Done. With Sunnism, he, this is the question I asked him. I said, Khalil, if I'm Sunni and I'm told you have to ask a scholar that you trust, okay, how do I figure that part out? Like, which is a good scholar, which is a bad scholar? There's no, there's no objective way to figure out who to trust. 
you can go for the guy that went to Medina. And that's what some people will say. Okay, I go. I trust the guys that studied Islam in Medina. That's a Salafi way because I used to be Salafi. But then there was a guy who went to Medina who was Sufi. And he was saying all sorts of stuff in the khutbah that was like making me really uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, I take my Quran and I wrap it in leather and I kiss it every day. And I was like, I was taught not to do that. That's like worshipping the Quran. We don't do that. He's like, yeah, put it on the highest shelf. I was told, no, don't put it on the highest shelf. You read it every day. Don't, don't like, you know, like <laughs> ventilate it like that. So, But this guy also studied Medina. And somehow he ended up Sufi. I don't know. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't go based on his, his background. Well, what about his charisma? Well, some people are charismatic, but the actually misguided right like i used to love hamza yusuf but then i found out he's misguided because he's sufi and he's not on the right school of thought so there's no real good answer to this question as to who to trust how to deal with these issues i think you know go with your heart you know do what you think make you know if, if honestly it makes sense to you that beating is beating lightly and you, you're comfortable with the fact that well i don't have to like it's not actually it's figurative or whatever to me, that doesn't resonate with me, that beating is beating lightly or it's metaphorical beating or something like that. But if you're comfortable with that, then maybe that's fine for you because you, if you get rid of all these things, then what's the issue with you being a Muslim? There's no issue, right? Yeah, I have uh, no problem of uh, if something uh, doesn't fit in my mind, in my heart, again, my morality, my humanity, I refuse it. I don't have to do it. I don't have to even think about it. I wouldn't even beat with a toothbrush or lightly or touch my, <laughs> my finger. I wouldn't do that to my wife. I love her for years. She gave me beautiful kids and we are happy. She's respectful, respectful to my family, my parents. I don't see anything can make me beat her. I don't see not in Muhammad, not Allah, nothing can make me beat her. That's another. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't hurt my, you know, but I, then again, I don't have uh, like a law that tells me to do those types of things. So. You know, uh, there's people know. who act like that. That's something. So, did I answer your question though? I don't know if I got to what you wanted to know. Like, did I? Exactly, Abdullah. This is you also said there is no clear answer. They yeah. you would never get an answer. Uh, exactly. Again, it ends up with you, your own uh, judgment, your own yeah. personal, in your own heart. What uh, your conclusion is, you can rely on her. That's what I assumed. What you said. What you meant. And uh, if you have time, I have another question. That is uh, about Aisha, if you have time. If not, I'm so pleased already with what I got. Yeah, it'll be the final question, if, if that's okay with you, Abdullah. Yeah, that's perfectly fine with me. Yeah, and uh, you just, uh, explicitly, Derek, you talk about the origin of Islam, how it might start. It can be even a Christianity, Muhammad, maybe not a, even a real person. It, even a lot of Islam critics in Turkey, the atheist community, they, they say a lot. They, 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 they guys such never exist. What makes me really rely on that truth, it, the guy such exists, is Aisha actually. The Hadith, his life, what he, she went through. You know how she started as a kid playing with her toys and suddenly they took, take her, cleaned her, and she was afraid, she was scared. And while she was married with Mohammed, she was uh, looking at other people playing, like especially last time I saw Abdullah give another, she's watching the Ethiopian kids or Ethiopian people are playing. She's in, in if Kadits, she's 13, 14, she's a teenage girl. She fell for a young guy, she's not for an older guy. This all sounds a very possible scenario, a very possible person that she get angry with the Muhammad as a teenager. We know how teenage rebellious he says that uh, God doesn't hesitate to uh, justify your um, pleasure it, it, or your love 
or whatever. If I may, if I may, I want to say just so that you know, I think all three of us are on the same page. Uh, I know there are skeptics out there and maybe they have in their own head a justified reason for thinking that maybe Muhammad didn't exist at all. Uh, I've interviewed some myself like Dr. Robert M. Price, but I personally do think that there was a guy. I do. And I just think that there were legends built up around him. Just like I would say, I personally believe there was a Jesus. I mean, there are a lot of skeptics I interview on that, though, that don't believe he existed or whatever. But um, but I do. I, Me and, I believe, Abdullah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, agree with a historical Muhammad. Yeah. yeah. Well, my heart is uh, most of the time breaks uh, uh, breaks for when I think about Aisha. The whole thing, when I put the hadiths and all the life story together, it becomes a very, very sad story. I feel really sad. What Abdullah think? What do you think about yeah. Aisha? Like what she went through? Yeah, I um, you know, I've made a video. I talked about this before, and Muslims actually said to me, you know, how dare you look at her as a victim? You know, she had she could have left, which I think is the most stupidest thing anyone can say. Like, how would she leave? Like, are you crazy? Like, a young lady in that culture. What's she going to do? Walk across the desert to the, like, she's going to go across the sea to the Abyssinians or something? Like, she had no choice. She did the best she could according to her circumstances. She was a child. I don't know if she was nine or, you know, I don't know if she was six when she got married or not. But she was a child for sure. She was a young child. She was playing with dolls, doing all these things. Um, she was married to Muhammad. Of, of course, she's obviously constantly worried that Muhammad would get yet another wife, yet another wife. In some ways, she was better off because she was Muhammad's favorite wife, right? According to the Sunni hadith, she was his favorite wife. He used to spend more time with her. He took away a night of saudas to spend an extra night with her. According to Sunnis, again, he, he died on her lap. So she got a lot of benefits out of it too. I mean, it wasn't an ideal situation. I don't think anyone would choose to be in that situation. She was accused of adultery and even Muhammad didn't believe her. She came back, you know, on the back of um, this young companion. I forgot who it was now. And everybody's tongues were vagging. And they were saying, oh, she must have cheated on Muhammad because Muhammad's this old guy. She's this young girl. Well, she probably wanted a young guy. And the saddest thing of all to me is that the saddest, saddest, the, the worst part of this entire thing to me is that she was, you know, um, had to be celibate the rest of her life because Muhammad... Apparently, as the story goes, someone else was interested in Muhammad in marrying Aisha after Muhammad died. And he heard about this. So he made this rule that nobody can marry any of my wives because they're going to be married to me in Jannah. So she had to live the rest of her life as a celibate woman with no, never get married again, never have a relationship, never be loved other than as this like scholar lady in the community. So, of course, I don't think it was ideal, but what could she do? And it was it was a less than ideal situation for everybody, I think, in, the, in, that, in that time and place, right? So in some ways, she had some benefits. She became very political. There's a beautiful book, absolutely outstanding book called After the Prophet by Leslie oh, Hazleton. Yeah. Did you read it yet? Oh, my. The whole thing, dude. It's that, such a good book. That really sucked me into – I mean – you know, I asked some of the ac the experts we talked to, you know, Sean Anthony, um, Marayim and Putin, you know, these others and get their thoughts. And they said it's a good place to start because they said some of the things she mentions, Leslie Hazleton will like paint the whole narrative for you. And yeah, a lot like, of that yeah. might be fiction or legend yeah. added. But it was it was a story that made me feel like there needs to be a Netflix series. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm dead serious. There needs to be a Netflix series. The problem is people are so sensitive 
in this area um, that it, it could be like the Vikings. It could be like some amazing show to show you a love story and, and difficulties in Arabia and these in the rise of these things. But it's also got a lot of other stuff that is gory and internal fighting. The the what is it? The red camel battle with Aisha oh, fighting yeah. against Ali and like the first civil war. I mean, like this is unbelievable. The stuff that takes place. It was just amazing. And I started falling in love with in, in, in love with the history. That doesn't mean I, you know, I'm a believer, but it's also like I'm not an antagonist as much as I want people to wake up and realize that don't do bad, do nice things, love each other and try to break out of superstition. I really enjoy the history. Um, I really do. I really do. I got a couple of super chats, though, uh, if we don't. If we can jump on those real quick to give, uh... yeah. So let's just end off this call then. So, Min, uh, you know, thanks for your call. That was that was lovely to talk to you, and I hope that you find peace with you know way to you know resolve these conflicts in your mind. And conflicts are a good thing. Doubt is a good thing. It means that something is not jiving. Your mind is trying to tell you that these things are not clicking in, and you need to do something. So I hope that you find the peace that you're looking for, my friend. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank Bye. you so much. Awesome. Uh, man, this has been a wonderful show. Did you expect this? Yeah, no, no. I was like, <laughs> this was great. Like, <laughs> I, I wish I could get people calling with this this quality viewers. I, I mean, like, this was amazing. I'm very happy. Me too, man. Ronnie S says, and thank you. Uh, reason I think Muhammad may have been some kind of Christian because he claimed it was Gabriel who visited him. Gabriel visited Mary in the Christian story and does not appear anywhere else in Judaism. Um, actually, Moses? Uh, Moses no, in, in the book of Daniel, for sure. So in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter eight, make sure Daniel, Daniel chapter eight, verse 15 through 17. I was trying to understand what the vision meant when suddenly someone was standing in front of me. I heard a voice call out from over the Ulai river. Gabriel explained to them the meaning of what he saw. Gabriel came and stood by me. And I was so terrified I fell to the ground. He said to me, mortal man, understand the meaning. The vision has to do with the end of the world. So um, it is there. It is in the Hebrew Bible. But the Christians use the Hebrew Bible and the Muslims use the Hebrew Bible and the Christian literature to some degree, uh, even though it's kind of been recontextualized. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, though, for that super chat. It still doesn't mean that it wasn't that he wasn't uh, a Christian potentially originally. Uh, it doesn't rule out what you're saying, but I did want to correct and say this is found in Judaism. And I wonder if it's found in like Enochian literature and Maccabees. I got to look in this other uh, literature that we don't find in the Hebrew Bible. Maybe there, maybe there's some stuff there. A couple more super chats. Ronnie S said the ban on Muhammad's wives not being married to anyone else was also done because anyone marrying Muhammad's wives could have claimed to be a prophet or a successor. That was an interesting part of her mm. book. Remember when they now the rest oh, yeah, of their yeah. lives they cannot remarry and Aisha had to give away the rest of her life in celibacy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, regardless of this, still the Shias claim that he had successes, which is his you know down the line of Fatima, right, his daughters. So, but yeah, I think that was the idea, probably. Yeah, because imagine being with the queen if you will or a queen of the movement now you got a power struggle they already had that that was already yeah. a problem so there was a lot going on right out the gate if you haven't read after the prophet you turned me on to it once i started it it was over i couldn't stop the book that was that good of a book it's so, amazing yeah 
I'm trying to get her on to interview her about the book. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So thank you, Ronnie, for all of the super chats and the support and the questions and things like that, helping support the show. And Melody Joy, good to see you here, sweetheart. Thank you for the sticker. It's always a pleasure to see you. Um, if we may, as we're exiting here, I want everyone to consider checking out my Patreon. You can go there. Tons and tons of content. You scroll to the bottom here. Hit load more. There are hundreds that have never made it to public. Please go support Abdullah Samir. Go subscribe to his channel and um, you know hit that little bell. Get notified. He covers a lot of different content. So you may not even agree with him, but maybe you can see his heart. I'm speaking to the Muslims here. Maybe you can see his heart. Some some hate you. Some despise you. But I mean, I could see that you mean well. And if they think you're wrong at the end of the day, at, at the least see a human here who's just trying to figure out with his brain what he can. That's that's the request I have. Go subscribe to him. You know, that's down in the chat as well. In the description, I mean. Let me put that in the chat so anyone who's right now in the chat can go and subscribe. Yeah, I'm thank trying. you so much, Dick. Yeah. Oh, you were going to say no, I was just going to say, I'm trying to paint a story imagining coming from a belief that I know is sensitive and sacred to people Yes. Um, who hear you talk about where you are about it, but to understand that, you know, you try to empathize with them and they try to empathize with you. That's my goal. So, mm -hmm. you know. yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been lovely. It's been a pleasure. And for sharing the channel, of course, and uh, I do appreciate um like doing this what you're doing it's i know it's difficult to kind of balance out all of the different people that's coming on there and also to the main you know to try to main maintain impartiality because obviously with friends but at the same time you do want to let people that come and talk to to be you want to be fair to them right yeah. because even though you're not a believer you're not muslim you're obviously atheist like i am but i i do appreciate that you are you know you do that you give people the chance and you're respectful to everyone that calls in Sometimes some of the people that call it, I'm like, oh, my God, what is this guy saying? <laughs> but like you're respectful to them and you give them the chance and opportunity to, to give the position, give the points and get some excellent callers that way, which is amazing. I, I hope more people will be brave. The the great algorithm will show this channel to more people and we'll come and do this again. This is awesome. This is so much fun. Shake your booty. I'm going to consider hitting you up for that Islam thing. <laughs> uh, think about it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he was funny. A AP is funny. Um, I did want to say one thing about you, and I'm thankful that uh -huh. you're polite to our guest, even if you disagree at the end of the day. Um, and, and you know, I appreciate the compliment because, you know, I will interview people who are on my side, and I'll give you an example. If you were to say someone was inbreed or something, I would I would have to call <laughs> you out and say, please, don't do that. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I think people know that we're sincere, even if they think we're sincerely wrong. You see what I mean? And, and that's okay. We think people are sincere and we think they're sincerely wrong as well about certain things. And we're humans trying to figure things out. D-Man, last question. And I got to let you go, Abdullah. Why isn't the Islamic Allah intelligent as Muslim apologists in terms of understanding basic Christian theology? Because so think, it's man-made. <laughs> the religion well, is man-made, right? I definitely think it's man-made. I wonder if this is a jab at the Trinity thing that we were just talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah, and then the sister of um, Miriam, the the daughter of um, what is it? Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking Moses, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo the what, what, there's an issue with um, Miriam is mentioned as the sister of Aaron, and then Muhammad said, "Oh, they name people the same or something like that." <laughs> people said, "Well, Miriam lived at a different time from Moses." I I forget the exact issue, but there's an issue with that as well. Yeah, I will say on that uh, point, there is an and interesting... And the gospel thing. And the gospel thing is huge. There's no gospel yeah. of Jesus. 
yeah, we have nothing to go off of if there was, and that's another problem. So it's, it's, it's lack of evidence. It's evidence of, of absence. But on that whole note, one clever thing I think that was done with Ishmael, is, and I had a, a girl recently come on my show who said that Ishmael actually – oh, I got an echo on, on your end. Can you hear me? Sorry, I had to step away. It was a door. Okay, okay. No yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Ishmael, the, the one thing I was, thought was interesting is Ishmael's his firstborn son, his actual firstborn son with the slave woman. Mm -hmm. But it says that Isaac was his firstborn, that he went to sacrifice. So later on, when you see Jacob has 12 sons and he has sons with Leah and then Rachel, and then he has sons with slave women. Those sons are sons. They are, they're not cast out with the bond woman. None of that like this. Why isn't Ishmael the actual firstborn? Even in the Bible, he was literally the firstborn, but firstborn of a slave woman. So there's a clever uh, thing going on here with Ishmael in Islam. At the same time, this makes me think that Judaism or Jews and early Muslims, probably even Muhammad himself, were together in some sense. And later on, it was a fraction mm. that broke off. And this is why I studying with Robert Hoyman and other people, uh, is it Hoyland, Robert Hoyland, Professor Hoyland was talking about ex uh, non-Muslim sources were saying Muhammad was alive in 636 in the conquest of Jerusalem. The non-Muslim sources indicate this. Muslim sources say, no, he died in 632. So why is he alive four years later, potentially, sacking mm -hmm. Jerusalem with Jews who can't wait to rebuild Jerusalem? Interesting questions to have. So thank you so much, man. Yeah, that was that's that was great. All right, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget if you have cognitive dissonance, get rid of it and say these three words. We are mid-vision. Thanks, my friend. <laughs>